Hey, good evening. Welcome into the Irish NFL show. It's week 11. It's Saturday night. We're live, so obviously tonight's a big day for match of the day. But this is better crack. You can watch match of the day in the morning when it uh, is repeated. Or, I mean, realistically, Brian, everybody should have seen the games by now anyway. How are you? Good? All good, yeah. Interesting set of games to discuss. Um, this weekend, um, obviously, we started off on Thursday night, but yeah, we have a fair crack of games to get through and some very interesting games, which will go a long way to deciding it was in the playoffs, and in terms of match of the day, I think the less said the better. Um, unfortunately, for the likes of me and you, Michael Collum, and, and even Mark, who's quick to uh, point out United's frailties to see him to see his own team. Enough, yeah. yeah. Mark's an Arsenal fan. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, here is Mark. Mark's phone died at one point. You're you're here, yeah? I presume. I'm back, boys. I'm back. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm an Arsenal fan. We didn't have a good result tonight, but still on course for Europe, which is good. Very good. Yeah, there we go. Colin's not here. He, 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 he got arrested. With five wins in a row, Michael. You know, kind of good news sometimes. We'll talk about that in a wee second. Um, but yeah, don't worry. We'll get to that. Colin's been arrested uh, for trying to impersonate a leprechaun. And uh, don't worry, don't worry. He's here. Hi, hi, Colin. How's it going? Sorry, I, could, I couldn't help myself. I'll try. I'll try to put you up here. See the crack. See if there's a. What's crack? The some atmosphere at uh, at that stadium in South Bend just brilliant. The pre pre game was fantastic. The band are unbelievable. The the hype man uh, dressed up as a leprechaun is phenomenal, and Notre Dame are putting a beat down on Georgia Tech. So yeah, all in all, a great Saturday, lads, and delighted to to be on to to chat NFL ball as well. Colin, how can you? How can you travel the Atlantic and yet your shirts don't improve? What's on with that? I don't know what that is. So I don't even know it's a short. I think he, he arrived at oh. a Halloween party or something. Today. I, I have a special I have a special treat for Thanksgiving as well and for, for next week. So um every everyone has plenty to look forward to. Wednesday night. Is Wednesday spelled correct on this? Yeah. Wednesday night. Yeah. 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 Um Irish NFL show presented by Trust. Presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange, more on both of those fantastic companies later on. Uh, well, you heard him. You heard the the man that wasn't barely on the show last week come in and start splattering about his team, the, the, the New England Patriots. Big win. I'm joking, Mark. A big win on Thursday night. Uh, good to have you back again, Mark. I've got that video. I'm not going to play it again. Don't worry. It's all good. Um, yeah, the, the Patriots shutting out the Panthers. Uh, four field goals, one passing touchdown. And one defensive touchdown. Uh, for me, the, the Patriots defense stood out because you were so kind, Mark. Do you want to go first and talk about the Patriots before we start talking negatively? Oh, well, that's that's nice, Michael. That's nice. Of course, I mean, they, of course. They, they did what they needed to do. It's as simple as that. That Atlanta team isn't great. Um, they're missing Calvin Ridley. Um, somebody picked Atlanta, I believe, on our, the picks on the Thursday night show. But uh, um, look, unfortunately, I was actually in Italy last week, so I was an hour further ahead. So I definitely wasn't staying up for the game, but catching it on the uh, Friday morning was quite enjoyable. Um, you, you dump on Mac Jones quite considerably, but he does what the team asks him to do. The goal was to win the game. Was it the prettiest performance ever? No. Well, did we rely a lot on field goals and the end scoreline get bolstered a bit by uh, four picks from three quarterbacks in the last 10 minutes of the game, which was a pretty impressive three feet. Um, absolutely, you got bolstered by that. But you've got to beat the bad teams. And that's what we've said about all the shocks this year so far. There have been teams that have not been doing that. And I'm not about to say the Patriots are Super Bowl contenders or things like that. 
It's a very good win streak. The biggest part of their season comes up in the next four weeks. They've got the Bills twice. They've got a very good Colts team. And they've got a very good Tennessee Titans team, even without Derrick Henry, who's sitting at eight and two. The end of that four weeks, we'll know how much of a pretender or a contender uh, they might be. But so far, so good. Obviously, off the back of Greg Brown's game as well. So I'm a very happy man, but that is in the past, Michael. And obviously, we've got lots of great games of the future to look forward to. And some people would say, by talking about the Patriots, we're not talking about the past anyway. So I, I get it. I get it. Mark, you don't have to say that this potentially is a, is a, a Super Bowl winning team or potentially going to Super Bowl because you don't have to because on Friday morning we got it from the people who support the pages on our social page who proclaim that's a Super Bowl winning defense we're looking at. Hmm. It was the Falcons and it was the Browns last week with a quarterback that's for me is a busted flush in the league. And the previous week it was the Jets. And so for me, the only game of those four where you'd put up a cool case is the Chargers. Um, yeah, they are going in the right direction, but I think it's very early for Patriots fans. I know it's not you, but there's people out there who are proclaiming this team to be on the way to the Super Bowl again, which I think is, having seen a few teams this season, um, proclaim themselves as we're here, there, and we're everywhere, quickly to fall off the uh, the track. Chargers are fleeing, oh yeah, at one point as well. Well, uh, we had the Bengals fiasco on the Monday morning when they won the division after that weekend, and I just felt it was a little bit early for Patriots fans to be claiming this team as uh, going to the house. Um, I, th- I think in fairness, um, you get fans of all teams who, um, you, you had Broncos fans who after 3-0, and um, you know, Vic Fangio, give him a new deal, Teddy Bridgewater, sign him up for the long term. The the questions were, were answered. I said uh, the other night, like, you can only do what, what you can do and, and you can't look too much to the future. I would say the same about the, the Patriots. Um, they have taken advantage of an easy schedule. They have put a plan in place for Mac Jones. They will face much, much tougher days. Will they be up to that challenge? That's what's going to be interesting to to see. Um, they, you know, there's an awfully long way to go. They're up even in their own division. They're up against a seriously talented Bills team. But um, you, once you make it to the dance, you're you're in with a shot. But I think anyone who is making Super Bowl um, proclamations, we won't say predictions because anyone can make predictions, anyone making proclamations this season, um, you could end up with egg on your face because if this season has showed us anything, it's that any given Sunday, anything can happen. And, and hey, Colm, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this season. If you're a Green Bay Packers fan, you make Super Bowl proclamations every year and end up with egg on your face. So, hey. Happens. I'm really, man, I'm really annoyed. I was going to start the show off saying my name's Michael. I'm not a shareholder in the Green Bay Packers, McQuaid, and he just reminded me. So uh, I, w- I want to give a shout out to Patriots Feeder. Uh, he's saying those things about Max, about Mac Jones. I look, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all the Patriots fans. It's been a, it's been a difficult couple of years ever since Paddy's Day and COVID and Cam Newton. Um, should, should we go on? But look, uh, if clearly, all right, look, I, I'm not going to talk about it. it. This is a bit like whenever. Jose Mourinho was at the press conference and he said, I prefer not to speak. If I speak, I'll get in trouble. Um, <laughs> you know, look, it's it's one word, it's efficiency. Uh, they, they got the win the other night. I did think the Falcons would take them a bit closer than that. But, you know, going inside of it and seeing that they were only 16 up in the fourth quarter, they had 12 of those points were from field goals um, or extra points, if you don't count that there. But look, 
more power to them. They won the game. Mac Jones looks efficient. Um, I think. Uh, let's sorry, see what happens over the next few weeks. The Americans touched on it, and Jim Mc, Jim McBride, who was on the show from the Boston Globe on Tuesday night, who was kind enough to give up his time before going to the game. You know, he he said as much as what Mark said. The next month is crucial. You know, they've got the Titans, they've got the Colts, they've got the Bills twice. Like so, ultimately, what this time next month, you'll we'll all know where this Patriots team is. For real. Yeah. And just to finish on two points, boys, I, I'm going to be the one that also reminds everyone, including other Patriots fans, this is the same team that gave up over 450 yards to Dak, nearly 600 yards in total to a Cowboys team not too long ago at home in Foxborough. Um, you know, Mac will have rookie struggles at some point during this season. I, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, he's had a good run so far, but that's a good thing to memorize. But the other point I'll make to everyone else, the other 31 teams is, by the way, if you forgot, Bill Belichick is a hell of a coach. And this season, and indeed last season, he just keeps proving it time and time again. How many, how many teams have had three quarterbacks throw picks in a game? That uh, I think only one. I think the Texans in 2009 was the only, oh, yeah, I think there was the, in the era of Matt Schaub was the only other time that's ever happened in a game. Is it bad that I'm just realizing the shirt that Colin's wearing? I mean, should, should I go get a shirt? I, I've got like a, somebody bought me a similar shirt for my style. Did, did you not hear me and Mary Colin? I never even realized. <laughs> I was just trying to get something else on on the Twitter page. Um, yeah, Patriots are saying, Doc's the best quarterback this all year. No other quarterback on that level left. Let's see what happens in two or three weeks' time. If I'm Josh yeah. Allen, if I'm Tennessee Titans, I'm probably not scared of them yet. But going yeah. by the internet, a lot of people seem to be. So time will tell. Um, defense looks good. Yeah. So well done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pats are on Titans. Let's go on to week eleven. Rest of it. Let's go. All, all right. All right. All right. Well, you're you in a big rush this evening. What, what, what's going on? Anyway, uh, this is going to be an interesting show. Prayer to bedtime is on at quarter twelve. What's on? Prayer to bedtime. I don't know, I don't before know. your time, Michael. Definitely before I, your time. Absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some seriously, seriously crazy things happened in, in the league last week. Some awful picks uh, made from collectively all of us, especially me. So now is the time to make it right. I'm already 0-1 this week, so let's see how we get on. The first game we're going to look at today, uh, or this evening, is the Colts, who are 5-5, five and five, going up against the Buffalo Bills 6-3. and three. Buffalo Bills boys have the Patriots now breathing down their necks. Ooh, Colin, big game for both teams. Yeah, this is a, a really big game. Yeah, and one, one of the most intriguing games of the weekend because the, the Bills are at home and obviously the, the Bills have had a, a couple of, of big wins in recent uh, weeks, but it's not that long ago where the Bills were struggling and they, where particularly their offense were were struggling. And so I think going up against a, a Colts team that um, we've seen the good and the bad from this Colts team. And we have seen Carson Wentz have a solid season. Certainly, if you were to compare it to, to last year, um, he he's definitely massively improved in terms of turning the ball over. He was a turnover machine last year. And this year, we've seen a couple of games where he, particularly that game against the, the Titans, but outside of that, he's protected the ball pretty well. And so it'll be interesting for the this Bills defense, which is statistically the the best in the, the league. 
and is number one in terms of the turnover differential. But now they go up against Carson Wentz, who's solid, um, and Michael Pittman, and Jonathan Taylor, who is having uh, himself uh, a season. He didn't start as uh, as quickly as Derrick Henry, um, but he has over 100 rushing uh, scrimmage yards and a rushing touchdown in seven straight games. Um, the Danian Tomlinson is the only one who has it in eight, so he's going to be looking to to do that. So I'm really interested to see how the Bills will defend against Taylor, and I'm interested to to see um, what the Colts will do in in order to slow down Josh Allen. One of the things I suppose in relation to Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, so Patrick Mahomes has come out and said this publicly, and we've seen um, Sam Monson talk about this. Mahomes do- doesn't like the boring stuff. He talks about that himself, how he doesn't like to take the the shorter term stuff. He always kind of wants the, the big play. And Josh Allen is somewhat similar. So if you play the 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 too high cover two um, shell, it forces them to be patient. So I'm really interested to, to see um, if the Colts will look to do something like that against Josh Allen. But I have the Bills winning this, um, you know, I think I, and they, they go to seven and three for me. I think the, the Bills in a way are kind of, they've gone two different ways this season in terms of against last season, because last season, Defensively, they were a bit erratic, and like once they got to the championship game, ultimately I think the defense cost them in the long run, and it's been seriously improved. They've only given up six passing touchdowns this year. They've held eight games. They've held teams to under twenty-four points, and I think last year the Bills' defense offense, sorry, was very explosive. But yet this season, it's been a bit erratic, a bit inconsistent. They got their mojo back last week against the Jets, but in fairness, I think everybody felt that would be the case. In particular, coming off that poor Jags game, and they're going up against a team. And the Colts and was they've had some good results. And I know me and Colin have been quite high in them. We felt that they'd really challenged this year and we felt they were getting a right wins and they were unfortunate in that game against the Titans. They're still giving up 23 touchdowns, 23 passing touchdowns this year. And I think that's where the weak spot in this game is for me. So I, I think the Bills will win as well. I think they'll they'll put up enough points. And Carson Wentz has progressed and has improved. But last week in the second half, there was a lot of... He got, he, he got a bit of uh, grief after the game last week because he felt that he, in particular kept kept uh, doing silly plays and and he could have moved the ball a lot quicker and the Jags came back from that because at some st- at that stage early in the first half the game was over and the Jags kind of creeped back into it and they felt it was more so because Wentz became very inconsistent in the second half so it'll be interesting to see how he plays but for me he's going up against a Bills defense that as I said is top five this year and I think they'll have enough I think the Bills will win. How, how short memories are, gentlemen. How short memories are. Um, let's go back outside of this season. Let's just go back to the playoffs last year in relation to a 2020 playoff game, 2020 season. The Colts playing the Bills going down 27-24. And they should have won that game. They should have taken the Bills. There is no doubt about it. R- yeah. Rodrigo Blankenship, the man still with the coolest name in the NFL, um, shanked a 33-yarder. Uh, I think they were stopped four times within the four of Buffalo. And there were multiple plays in which the game could have gone a completely different direction. Um, I don't want to say they have their number, but they pushed Buffalo really hard that year. When I look at this Buffalo team, I think that, um, Brian, you particularly referred to it, that the defense has been impressive. I mean, they've got the best scoring defense in the NFL. They've actually held all backs to under 100 yards, except for one gentleman by the name of D. Henry. And that 
obviously, was a game they lost to the Tennessee Titans. Well, Derrick Henry's done for the season, so who is the next best running back in the NFL? Well, this season, it's pretty clearly, if we just go by yards and average per carry, it's Jonathan Taylor of the Colts. And the more he can run and drive uh, an advantage in the run game, the more pressure he takes off Carson Wentz, the more things they open in play action, uh, the more opportunities it gives them in that regard. And I've, you know been less than complimentary about this Colts team at times this season, I know. But that's because, in fairness, they started 1-4. and four, And they've come back from 0-3 and 1-4 and and start to now be at 500. And even in doing that, blowing two big leads in games they probably should have won, the big one, obviously, Monday night against the Ravens. So they've got talent. They've got the ability to, to drive with any of these teams. And, Michael, you know, Colm and Brian, you all at the start of the game, you know, this, this show wanted to point out, well... Who have the Patriots beaten? They've beaten bad teams. Do you know the Bills this year, their opponents, 18 and 39 in the games they've won. That's the record, 18 and 39. They are actually the epitome of a side who has beaten up on bad teams. Um, look, Frank Reich's going back to a place he loves, back up to Jim Kelly for many years. The You know, obviously the greatest playoff um, uh, comeback until 28-3. Uh, of all time in terms of deficit, the Bills against the uh, uh, Oilers back in the day against Bum Phillips. But he he's going to have uh, emotion going back there. But at the same token, I I don't know. I don't think this Bills team has been punched in the face sufficiently. I think they've played a lot of bad teams. I think their scoring defense is maybe a reflection of that. And I think they play Jonathan Taylor. He could do what Derrick Henry did to them. Um, it's a stretch. But I think they match up okay, and I'm going to go with the Colts. There's a comment from Adam Mitchell. Thanks for your comments, folks. You can do it. YouTube is the best bet to get it on the screen. Uh, saying, like, let's be honest, lads, uh, the Bills are screwed without Spencer Brown. Let, let's be real. Spencer Brown on, on the COVID-19 list for, for Buffalo. In terms of games with, so he's missed five games this season. The four games that he's been with, the Bills have scored an average of 38.5 points a game without him. 25.2 over around 100 yards more a game when he's there than when he's not not sure if he's going to play tomorrow and um, let's see no doubt no one are look he will uh but i'm taking the bills to win this game i'm taking the bills to start the season almost again tomorrow and go on a run and win this division and i think they'll win this game comfortably i'm taking the bills I'm taking the bills by 10 points over what i think will be a lackluster colts team going into the second half of the season there we go, shots fired. Uh, the, the next game, the next game is, is a big game because he's back. Mark is well and truly back at this stage. I think it's uh, Cam the man. Cam Newton starting, it's been announced already, starting for the Panthers. Going up again, well, a home game against uh, the Washington football team, Washington three and six, Panthers five and five. Ron Rivera column back in Carolina. Beautiful, be beautiful matchup. Just a pity about the uh, two teams. Um, well, I, I'm the joking. Panthers, the Panthers are a different proposition when they don't have Sam Darnold at, at quarterback. And the, this is very much Cam Newton's football team. Now, all the um, the talk during the week 
suggest that you know this is this is going to be um, Cam Cam under center, and we saw the best of Cam last week. He he Cam made a cameo, um, and you saw exactly what he is capable of. Um, I think the other thing that was noticeable last week was that neither Cam nor PJ Walker tried to get Robbie Anderson killed, which I imagine he's quite delighted about. Um, and Christian McCaffrey was absolutely fantastic. Where when McCaffrey, if McCaffrey could stay fit, the the Panthers are such a, a different uh, unit because he he offers you so much and he touches the ball kind of so frequently. But can he? That that that's the big question. Um, I I think for the Washington Football Team, their pass rush is beginning to wake up, and even losing Chase Young, it's not an enormous loss. He he hasn't. You know, a sack and a half. I think this this year, he he went and he was filming some commercials um, in the off season, and he said, you know, you got to make the money. Well, he hasn't looked the same player, and you hate seeing anyone um, get injured, and it, not that the injury had anything to do with that in any way, shape, or form. But did the filming the commercials have something to do with his lack of um, production this season? That's what you'd wonder about. I think the Panthers are going to get um, to, to Heineke. Um, Hassan Reddick has has been, and, and the Panthers have been able to get to, to QBs. They also are, are very talented in the secondary, despite the, the injuries that are there. Are the Washington football team capable of winning this game? Absolutely. Uh, Antonio Gibson was fantastic last week with two rushing touchdowns against a, a Bucks defense that has been good against the run, even though you'd question their secondary. But I think that the, the Panthers' defense is, is playing well. I think Cam has given them a shot in the arm, and I'm going to have the Panthers winning this to go to 6-5. and five. So, so Colin touched on the cameo performance by Cam last week, and that's what it was because PJ Walker's had quite a significant amount of yards. Actually, the best yards he's had since he's taken over the team. But like people are saying, Panthers fans in particular, just getting very excited by the fact, and he has been confirmed as the starter for this game tomorrow, that Cam is going to come back and we're going to see Cam back in his old stomping ground and he's going to be fantastic. Cam lost out to Mac Jones for, like I know people were getting involved with this uh, vaccination situation. He lost out inevitably to Mac Jones. He didn't have a fantastic season for the Pages last year. He struggled, which is why the, the Pages moved on with a new quarterback in the draft. And rightly so. And obviously, they're looking at the long-term picture. So I don't see him coming in and being absolutely, could be completely wrong, but I don't see a situation where he's going to come in and absolutely be the, the calm that we're used to seeing throughout the good years as opposed to the last couple of years. I think he'll come in and be steady and he'll do enough. And McCaffrey ultimately is the, the big player for, the, for this team. They're 4-1 when he's played this season. His completion rate, you know, when he's not taking it, taking the handoff is 98%. He is this team. Last weekend, you saw him coming back. And I, I wanted to pick the Panthers last week. I wasn't convinced. I didn't. I felt he would be a week on from the injury and we would see the good side of McCaffrey. I think we'll see the good side of him in this game. Going against the defense, that was Chase Young is correct, Colin. You know, he hasn't been, he hasn't made the impact this season. The last two games, they've given up less than 20 points. So they are starting to come back to what we saw last year. But I still think with McCaffrey in the team, this Panthers team, and I know, um, Michael, you're talking about this particular game. Right now, the Panthers are a wild card. They need to win this game. There's teams coming in at four and six, three and six, who could win this weekend and ultimately be a game behind. They need to, They need this game. So for me, I think the Panthers will win, but I'd be more McCaffrey winning this game than Cam. Um, what do we have earlier in the season? The reunion claxon going on. So we have Cam going up against Ron Rivera, his long-term... Ba -ba 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 
But, but we also have another reunion klaxon. Bear in mind, Taylor Heineke and his backup in Washington, Carl Allen, both used to play for the Panthers. We, you know, correct, yeah. We've only got to know Taylor Heineke and his emergence in Washington. But he was previously in the Panthers and let go from there. So um, he will have uh, a desire to perform this, day, this, this game. And if the Washington's last game uh, is anything to go by, um, they might have a chance if they can perform like they did the last time. Look at it, the way they sealed the game last week. Uh, 19 plays on that final drive. So eating up about 10 and a half minutes a clock. Like that was impressive. That was consistent. That was not shooting themselves in the foot like we'd seen in the few weeks beforehand. Now, the only problem for them that I see really is number one, we've highlighted one problem, which is Christian McCaffrey. And he truly is, I agree with the boys, he is the spark plug of that offense. Cam Newton is not this new dynamic playmaker anymore. It's going to be C-Mac or nothing. And the second one is the, the, the Washington football team don't really have much to play for. Right? They're three and six. They're not catching the Cowboys. Their season is all but done. I mean, maybe if they launched a massive attack from now, they might somehow get into a wild card. But the Panthers are there. They do have something to play for. And I think Newton will energize the fans. It's good that it's at home. I think it will mean that the defense is pumped up. And I think that defense, um, which has held teams to under 30% scoring on drives so far this season, um, is going to be what really keeps Carolina on top in this game. It's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be particularly pretty. And I definitely don't think the Cam is going to... Um, illuminate the world and light it up. I saw somebody predicting he's going to throw for five touchdowns. I mean, maybe for the, the remaining nine games of the season, he might get up to throwing for five touchdowns. I think he only threw for nine last year for the Patriots, to be honest with you. So um, it will take a while. But uh, yeah, Panthers for me, but not for the Cam show for other reasons. I was impressed with the limited, I guess, performance of Cam Newton last week. Impressive performance to come in after a few days and perform like out there. For me, obviously, the way he used to play before, I'm talking about before New England when he was in Carolina, running to get first downs, running to get big plays. Obviously, there was passes, but it was more dynamic. I think we're going to see a new Cam Newton. I think we're not just going to see a reliance on Christian McCaffrey. I think he wants to reinvent himself in Carolina and he effectively is playing for the starting job in Carolina. Uh, I think he has a better day than Christian McCaffrey on Sunday. There, I said it. Uh, and I don't think Washington will even show up on Sunday, boys. Uh, they're literally the most stop-start team I've ever seen in my life. But the really intriguing thing for me is Cam Newton's previous play has taken a toll on his body to an extent. How does he turn it around? I think he turns it around by getting his wide receiver cores, his tight ends in. Uh, maybe Colin Thompson can get a couple of touches. be nice to get him back on the show if that does happen. Hi, Colin. Um, and I don't agree with you whatsoever, boys, about the whole New England thing. Uh, Cam Newton, uh, the whole vaccine. The only reason he the, the only reason he isn't there is because of the vaccine. I'm going to move on. And, yeah, I'm picking the Panthers. So can we move on, or does anybody want to fight me over that? Cam, Cam, I'm, I'm wouldn't, gonna... Cam wouldn't be a backup. That, that's why he's not in New England. Simple as. He would, Michael. He wouldn't sit there. He'd be a, an absolute distraction. Uh, he's the last thing Belichick wanted. That's why he's not there. Uh, you know, we, we're going to see how Cam does. But I, to tell me this, will the Panthers make the playoffs? No, no, not for me. I look at the schedule. No, 
Uh, our grave column, um, when we did our season preview show, um, we discussed the Panthers and the Patriots alongside each other in terms of this particular scenario with Cam. Ultimately, we felt that the Patriots felt it was best to move him on because he would be a distraction. And Bill Belichick, which I think Mark will agree with, is trying to build a core side where everybody's on the same page. And ultimately, as the season went on, the more successful they got, Cam would realize he's never going to get a chance in that team and he would just be causing distractions. No, I mean, last no week he came back. Michael how the backup quarterback dresses, basically. Uh, is, is I, but he's, he, he literally came out and said he'd be happy to be a backup. Like, yeah, I, I don't but, want to get back into it now. I The biggest, no, though, it just this finishes. The biggest problem for Cam and for the Panthers this season is, and you'll know this because they used to make these cars up in the north of this fair island, is that he doesn't have a DeLorean, he doesn't have a flux capacitor. And he cannot drive it at 88 miles per hour. Back to the future is not happening. He is not the same player. Full stop. You've got something in common. You can't drive in miles per hour. Um, I'll I, I tell you, I'll I make one more point, right? <laughs> There's numerous head coaches in this league that last weekend when he scored a touchdown, took the helmet off and costed him at 15 yards on the next play on the kickoff would have been absolutely livid. But, but he gave up that But Matt Rule obviously is not going to do that because Matt Rule's in a situation where he needs him because he's lost his quarterback. And if that was any other coach, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, all the likes of those type of also, they would have been livid over that situation. He was allowed to do that. You know, yeah. team I'm, force. I'm pulling for Cam Cam. I'm pulling for him. I want him to win that division and I want the Bucks to fall out of the wild card spaces. And, so and Michael, 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 we can drive in miles per hour, but both the UK and Ireland and every other country in the world, except for Myanmar, the US and Liberia, if I remember correctly, have adopted the metric system. So we probably should talk kilometers all the time, in fairness. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'll I'll give uh, whoever's in charge a shout, okay? Fathers, lock up your daughters. Tomorrow, Colin will be in Soldier Field where the Baltimore Ravens, you might be wearing that shirt, he probably won't be, uh, six and three. Going up against the three and six Chicago Bears, um, Tom, your your media is Soldier Field. Like I always see, like I mean, I don't want to talk about the Broncos, but there's a beat reporter Andrew Mason who is known for tweeting photos of the food, the snacks. So I I expect to see a, a very professional Twitter like presence tomorrow. But Colin, you're planning on going live before the game. I, mean, I think it might just be me and you, but maybe these guys want to come in as well if they're allowed online at that time. I'm not sure at four o'clock or something, but. All going well, and depending on the Wi-Fi situation in Soldier Fields, yes, that that will be the the case. But looking forward to seeing, um, you know, Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. Um, I've neither I've seen neither of them in person, so I, I am really looking forward to that. And this is two teams looking to bounce back after disappointing losses for the. The Bears, it was that loss to the Steelers and everything that went on with the the refs. I mean, they probably looked, um, you know, more impressive in that defeat than they did at, at times in some of their wins this season. And for the the Ravens, it's a, that loss to the Dolphins where. The Dolphins executed an absolutely brilliant plan against the Ravens and Lamar, made him look uncomfortable as, you know, almost we've ever seen him, I, I would say. But the thing is, realistically, how many teams can copy 
that Dolphins game plan where you're willing to just throw everything at him and you're going to back your corners. I mean, the, the Dolphins have spent a fortune on um, on their corners, so they, they back them, and I get why they did. I don't think there will be many teams that are able to kind of execute that same sort of plan. I don't think the Bears are set up to, to do that. On the other hand, I do think that the Ravens will send everything at Fields. Um Fields has struggled against the the blitz. Um, it's an area where he's shown some improvement, but he he does struggle against pressure. We know that the that's what the the Ravens like to do is they like to come at you. They like to send blitz packages. They come at you from all sorts of different angles. So I'm interested to see can Fields take a step? Can he show that he's deal, he's better at dealing with with pressure? Um, and and what way the Bears go about kind of defending Lamar but I think that the Ravens will have enough I don't think it'll be a very high scoring game but I think that the Ravens will have enough they are are looking to bounce back and they will do enough to to move to seven and three there's a number of uh, injury uh, situations in this game as well which need to be factored in so Lamar Jackson has been put on the the questionable today um mystery illness so not COVID this time but um so they do expect him to play but they're, they're monitoring that hollywood brown the wide receiver is officially out for um for the ravens so i imagine bateman will get more looks and then on the bears so Khalil Mack is obviously gone for the season it's a huge impact for them a huge loss for them on defense and alan robinson is extremely doubtful for this game so whilst robinson hasn't had the season that we've expected i know Colin, maybe Colin will end up on the pitch tomorrow with like that guy in london you know trying to remove him from the stadium and get him traded to Denver. Um, with him out, another, you know, it's another blow for the Bears if he doesn't play because once he's not getting the uh, the looks, you know, players are obviously constantly demonish him. Um, look, the Bears, unfortunately, two weeks ago, they lost a game that they should have won. But for large parts of that game, they weren't they weren't playing very well. And I think they kind of glossed over a reasonably poor performance for, for by and large. And the Ravens are coming off a... A bye week, a bye week in which they've they've averaged forty five points a game the last three times they've come off a bye week. They're going for thirteen rows, thirteen wins in a, in a row versus the NFC. I don't think the Bears are going to live them. I think the Ravens will find a way. Lamar Jackson's going to play. I think it's all a smoke screen. He'll come out. They'll run the ball on this Bears defense with Mac, and the Ravens will win. And Colin will watch a reasonably enjoyable game with the Ravens winning. I I remember. Do you remember the, uh, an old cartoon called the Animaniacs? You know, they used to have this segment that would say good news, bad news. So I'm going to do this for Bears fans, right? The good news for Bears fans is that last game the Ravens defense played, they gave up 314 combined passing yards to a combination of Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tugalova. There's a reason we just called him Tua, isn't there? Um, that's the good news. The bad news, Bears fans, is you're going up Wink Martindale's defense, which on the back end is suspect, but the front end, as Collins alluded to, will throw every type of blitz at you. And unfortunately, your offensive line still plays like five lads standing alongside each other, a urinal. They don't want to know what the other person's doing. They just want to keep down their business, and they're kind of acting in their own little silo, which means that things go running through them on a regular basis. Um it's not necessarily Justin Fields that's going to be the problem in dealing with the blitz and dealing with the challenges and the players coming from everywhere. It's that porous offensive line, um, which, 
Yes, some of it you see a bit reflected in the elevated sacks number, but just look at how much pressure is applied snap by snap basis. We talked about it all season. We talked about it when the second round pick went down on IR at the start of the season. I think Brian made that point. They have not fixed that issue. And that for me is like, it, it's just criminal what um, the Bears as an organization from GM to coach have failed to do in pulling their players in the right place to succeed. Lamar Jackson, gentlemen, has never ever lost a game to an NFC team in his career. It's 12 and 0, never lost to an NFC team. I sincerely and passionately doubt that that is going to happen with this Chicago's Bears side. It is a weird season, so maybe there's a chance, but no, no, the Ravens are going to win this. Um, injuries be uh, and all. I think Lamar will play and he will win. Um, everyone's saying the night, well, not just in one game, but at Anfield, it's quite sad to see people sing it but when it's not their club and stuff. It's actually quite embarrassing, but it's not always at the wheel. It's Nagy's at the wheel. Tell me how good does it feel? We've got Justin Allen. Well, you haven't really got Allen, have you? He, he never does anything. And, and Khalil. Cole Komet. Anyway, yeah, so I tweeted out there now, all I got are sauce yards and sack. Which NFL coach would you compare him to? And like, hide everybody complaining that was yeah and i know it's not it's, it's an nfl show it's i'm sorry lads but thanks for everyone watching <laughs> anyway uh naggy no uh maybe a bit like ollie it, boys the bears having a chance against the, against the ravens lamar jacks is going to go out and just have a day colin cronin's going to get to sit there with his uh scone and his cup of tea or sorry his his biscuit and his, and his cup of tea tomorrow and just chill it. Mark, they call it biscuits over there, partner. He's going to chill out and he's going to... It's gone. It's a scone. Let's not have this argument. Um, <laughs> Dar McGuire said, there's no guarantee he's sacked. Clickbait, I'm unsubscribing. Joking. So, yeah. Welcome to everybody in watching. But, uh, yes, I think the Ravens are going to beat the, the Bears. And, Colin, I hope you have a lovely, lovely time in Chicago tomorrow. I am. I'm certainly looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael, do you want our views on which coaches are they most competitive? Oh, yes, go for it. Go Move for it. on to next game now. Well, no, <laughs> I was just going to say Ollie's more like Jason Garrett because he's, you know, he's been picked as a manager for an overrated franchise. Um, he can't bring them back to the heights that they desperately desire from year ago under a different regime. And now he's such a nice guy and well liked. He's probably going to wash up at some like second rate job, like I don't know, offensive coordinator of the Giants. I mean, you know, play uh, managing, you know, a smaller team. Who, who was the coach that managed the Bengals for fifteen years and got right to enough? The playoffs? Yeah, Marvin Jones. Marvin. Marvin. Uh, me, my, normally I'd know it, but I'm tired to see him. Who's who's it again? Marvin. Marvin Jones. Yeah. Is that Jones? It's, I thought it was Marvin. Marvin Jones. Lewis. Marvin, Marvin Lewis. My, my well, Marvin Lewis is the equivalent of of. Arteta, because Arsenal fans will just will just continue. That's okay. We'll just keep running with Arteta. We won't complain. You know, not unlike air support, who just want the air manager yeah. to be removed. It's it's strange. I'm I'm trying to remember when Marvin Lewis won a Super Bowl, went undefeated in the season, or things like that. Oh, Arteta did. Doesn't, did he? doesn't ring a bell, Brian. Doesn't ring a bell. Arteta did. Okay. Well, we have uh, a few more games to, to chat Lions about. Lions and Browns, maybe that's why we're, <laughs> maybe why we're going into the football board because the Lions and Browns, for me, doesn't really do it. But anyway, we'll be fair to every supporter who watches the show. Lions and Browns, Michael. Yes, and, and thank you for all that chat, boys. I, 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 really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, good form. Lions 0-8-1. <laughs> 
one. Uh, at the Cleveland Browns, five and five. Uh, look, I'm picking the Browns. Uh, I'm just going to move the column. Do, do you wanna... <laughs> no, 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 look, 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 look. The Browns Don't do that, are going to win this you've game. Been, you've been, you've been I can't see. I, look, I cannot see the Lions winning this game. All right, I can't see it happening. Um, even if DeAndre Swift somehow gets the run game going, he hasn't for weeks. Believe me, I know because I'm last in the fantasy league. Jar Goff's gonna go gonna, is gonna is gonna throw three or four picks. The defense won't be won't be able to cope with the Browns. The Browns will win this game for me. Sorry, Lions fans, but Colin, go ahead. Well, Goff isn't a certainty to start. And from what I've seen on social media, there's plenty of Lions fans that would be fine if Jared Goff doesn't start. And just just for something different, because they have seen what Jared Goff has to offer and, and it's nothing. I mean, he is an albatross around um, this franchise's neck. I, I would imagine they regret not taking a, a QB in the, the draft. You you feel a little bit for them because you know if if they'd had a um, if they hadn't caught Matt Prater they'd probably actually have a win at, at this point um, because Mason Rudolph is awful as well but they they're going up against a Browns team who have plenty of struggles and plenty of questions um, and you know that that big question mark that's going to hang over Baker Mayfield uh, is going to exist long after this game is is over and done with you'd have to say that the browns should be strong enough defensively um even though we didn't see it at all against new england they were you know enormously disappointed um i i thought the patriots would win that game but i didn't think it would be the beatdown it was you'd have to say that the browns had disappointed but they should have enough to to beat the lions and to to move back above 500. The Lions have now gone eight games in a row where they haven't scored more than 20 points. I'm winning six of those. Um, no, not for me. I think it'll be covered by the Browns. Um, six of those games, they haven't scored more than 16 points. They've gone in with a quarterback tomorrow who's only had a couple of starts in the league. Um, you know, you'd expect them to struggle against that reasonably good defense. Who, again, you'd expect them to rebound. And the Browns have rebounded off some tough losses this year, and I expect it to happen again. And, you know, it's kind of, to me, it reminds me of the Bills situation a few weeks ago where they had a difficult loss against the Jags, and they kind of f- fell into a nice game away to the Jets. Well, I think the Browns are falling into a nice game here to rebuild off that difficult loss in New England last week. Chubb is back. Ernest Johnson, you know, can support him. He's having a good season. He, you know, for a guy that was in a blowout last week on the wrong side of it, he played reasonably well and had some good points. And we'll see what comes to Mayfield. He's not for me, but I'm sure he'll have a nice game. And everybody come Monday will be saying how great he is again. The Browns will win come to me. Now, hold your horses on the betting, Brian, because the Lions have actually five and one against the spread when they've got at least four points. So they've been close. And so if the Lions handicap's 12 and a half, well, I wouldn't, you know, the odds would say, or the experience to date would say, um, take them, to be honest they, with you. They've covered a spread what... in the last three, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've covered a spread in the last three. Yeah, but I'm saying they're five and one on the season when they've had at okay, least four sorry. points. They're given at least yeah. four points. So, yeah, you know, that, that's what I'm saying there. Um, but equally, like, you know, let's remember, gentlemen, the Detroit Lions are unbeaten in November because they had a bye and then they had a tie. So there you go. They haven't actually been beaten in November yet. So that's a good start. Um, this is a strange matchup when you look at the history books because, A, not only if we go back in the annals of the NFL, this used to be a really big matchup. Uh, these two teams played for the NFL Championship four times in the 50s. The Lions actually won it 
three of those four times. Um, but, you know, these are storied franchises matching up against each other, albeit obviously we know the the integra- uh, the, the little uh, gap that the Cleveland Browns had, if you like, with the, the move of the franchise by Art Mundell back in the day. Um, but where does this leave us today? Well, the Lions actually won the last four against Cleveland. Cleveland haven't won in Detroit since 2001, but Cleveland do have Nick Chubb coming back from COVID-19. Hunt won't be fit. But Chubb will be. So I agree with Colin. Like, golf might not play. Actually, Mayfield obviously has been pretty banged up and has been rested this week, but is expected to play. Um, but Chubb versus Swift is basically the matchup fundamentally. And I just think Chubb and the Browns have too much for this. Um, you know, if the Lions somehow produce their first win in 13 straight games, um, then we can point to all of the history books and the 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 the, the matchup that worked. But Let's face it, we're getting to desperation times. The Browns have to win this. They have to stay right in that mix in the AFC North. This is not a game they can afford to slip. So that matters. That matters a lot. The Lions are winning Thanksgiving, aren't they? Thank you for the heads up. Uh, The Lions, yeah, part of our Thanksgiving special, 9 p.m. Ireland, UK, Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. And I think that's 3 p.m. Wherever Colin is, who knows where Colin We'll be at on Wednesday. I have no idea. Um, but yeah. Come, I'll, I hope you're one of the Buffs game next Saturday in Utah. Uh, right, moving on. The 49ers, who savaged me on Monday night in more ways than one. Uh, four and five against the Jaguars, two and seven. The game is in TIAA Bankfield. Can, Colin, can the Jaguars win? They can, but will they? But will they? Uh, I think the this is the 49ers side that uh, we expect to see. Talked a little bit about it on Thursday. I had the, the 49ers making the playoffs. I, I would really like their roster and expected good things from them. So their performance against the Rams, you know, should it, what, it was a surprise on their performances this season, but like the roster showed up. Garoppolo had a great game. Elijah Mitchell had a good game. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Nick Bosa. All their big players showed up. They all played really well. And Kyle Shannon executed a really good game plan, which impacted on the the Rams. You also saw, I think, um, talk about a welcome to the NFC moment for Von Miller, where uh, uh, Kittle had the, the not knocked him back. Now Kittle had help from the fullback, um, but certainly uh, it was um, an interesting moment. Vaughn had some good moments as well, but for the Rams, that was a, a disappointment. I think the the 49ers are going to to win this. I think for the the Jags, it, it's about looking at how. Trevor Lawrence continues to improve. Um, he hasn't thrown an interception for his last two. I think that's going to be important for them that he continues to to do that and to continue to grow and develop. But I have the 49ers getting back to 500 after this game. Yeah, we made the point on Monday show when we were, we were discussing that Rams uh, 49ers game. The week the week prior to that, when the 49ers got blown out by the, by the cards, there was actually a lot of good drives by Jimmy G which led to unfortunate fumbles by players and, you know, through no fault of his own because he put the ball in the right place. The, the catches were made and good defence caused fumbles and, you know, there was scores to be made and he didn't get it. He's 108 passer rating since week eight. He's playing well. I know there's been a few 
kind of hairy moments in that Sunday night football game against the Colts. But by and large, he, he's had a reasonably good season and he's been out injured as well. So, look, I'm, I'm caught him on this Jags team. You know, they won in London. They went to Seattle. You know, they went to Seattle and got torched and they win against the Bills in the last week to go in. The score probably doesn't do it justice because the Colts were coming for Fernandes parts of that game. The Niners have an opportunity to get back to 500. And, then, and again, the way this World Card race is going, they're not out of the realms of possibility of being there, thereabouts coming in the season. And with the fact that the cards are going into Seattle, if the cards were to knock off Seattle, again, that helps them again and benefits them in the long run. So for me, the Niners know this is a big opportunity and they'll, they'll take advantage of that and win the game. Um, look, one thing not to overlook, the 49ers are coming off a Monday night game and now going cross-country for an early Sunday game. Like, that does impact. I mean, the records show that it does impact on teams in relation to it. We see the quality of Thursday night games based on the short weeks. The 49ers themselves have a degree of a short week in this regard. Um, equally, that Jags defense was fantastic against the Bills last week. In fact, they've been pretty much lights out the last two weeks. Josh Allen is playing like Ola Jordan doing the Samba. He's hot, hot, hot. He is putting so much pressure on the offensive line on the other side um, that it's making a big impact. Uh, and certainly for Jags fans, their greatest dreams were the defense would be playing lights out. Trevor Lawrence would have time to grow and be efficient behind the scenes. Um, look at some of the midseason pickups. Dan Arnold, who I think played his first game when we saw them in London. Um, last two weeks have been one of the best tight ends in football, um, like in terms of the yardage and, and the uh, targeting in the red zone. So he, um, all of that has come together in the right way. But um, I just, you can't watch that 49ers performance on Monday night and and feel like it's one-off. It feels like that's the way the 49ers have expected them to play from day one. Why are we expecting them to be a threat in the NFL this year? Um Every third down was manageable. Jimmy made the throws he needed to make. He's like, oh, I'll give it to Kittle or I'll give it to Debo Samuel, one of the most dynamic wide receivers in the game. And it was super efficient. It was just super efficient. And of course, Stafford didn't have a good day, but how much is that down to Stafford and how much is that down to the defense? Their D-backs, I made the joke about the PI penalties. They've cleaned that up the last couple of weeks. They didn't make silly mistakes in relation to it. And look what cleaning up your game, not making silly inceptions. And oh, yes, Getting back George Kittle, who is one the most dominant, sorry, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle is the most dominant tight end in the NFL game at the moment. Um, yes, Trevor Lawrence has lovely blonde hair, and uh, Maya knows a lot about blondes with lovely blonde hair this season. But unfortunately for me, uh, for Urban, it's the 49ers, uh, again, will have more than enough. Yeah, just uh, an added apology to the 49ers fan base for, for Monday Night's Antics. Um, look, I couldn't see the Rams not winning in San Francisco. And they they played them off the park the other night. They made Vaughn Miller look like a 12-year-old schoolgirl. They were shocking the other night. Anyway, any given Sunday, another game. I, I'm not that fussed about the, about the day's difference for, for the 49ers. Uh, but I've learned over the last few days that my one pick for the Jaguars this year was against the Bills, and I'm not picking them again this year. So I'm going to pick the 49ers to win. If they win, go five and five, boys. Ooh. I mean, interesting. Not, not really. Not interesting. really. Interesting. Nah, really good. But, like the downside wild card, too tough a division. 
So they just it's, like, yeah, it's it's, like, it's it's not happening with, with the division. Like it's, it's not happening. Yeah, but like if they win, they go five and five, and the Panthers are six, okay. We've all picked the Panthers to win, so they're six and five. But yet they play the game more. So you know they're well. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, fairness. Then the Panthers have to play the the Saints and you know teams like this. The 49ers have to play the Rams and the bloody Cardinals some more. So it's not equivalent on schedule. Well, okay, I'm not sure. Any given Sunday, I don't think it's relevant where the games are. The reality is where they are coming the end of the season in terms of getting on it, getting on a run. Any given Sunday, um, maybe Willie Freeman or Willie Beeman could. Willie Beeman. Willie Beeman. Willie, Willie Beeman. <laughs> right. Cap wasn't it? Wasn't Dennis Quaid's character Cap? I think it was the old. He's the only. He's the only like celebrity actor that has my surname, and it's not even my surname. It's Quaid. Which is better than McQuid. Anyway, back back on topic. Uh, the eight and two Green Bay Packers against the four and five, who I tipped division champions at one point in Brian's bunker, uh, Minnesota Vikings. That game is in Minnesota, so you'll not be as cold as Colin was at, at Notre Dame earlier on. But uh, they've got heating in there, Colin, haven't they? Yeah, it's a, it's a class stadium. It's un- unbelievable what the, the Vikings have in in Minneapolis. Um, but it might be a little too comfortable for the uh, the opposition and with Aaron Rodgers coming in there. Last year's game finished Packers 43, Vikings 34. Um, it would be it would be brilliant if we got something similar. I don't think we will because it's been flipped a little bit this year. You're talking more about the Packers' defense than even Aaron Rodgers and more about the Vikings' offense rather than Mike Zimmer's defense as we traditionally do. The, the Packers' defense has come on really strong, particularly given that they're we're seeing improvement even though they're missing key pieces. And they should get those pieces back as they go on through, through the season. The Vikings, as Mark uh, says, and as we know, you don't know what you're going to get with this Vikings team. I really believe they are capable of beating anyone in the the league um, and really playing up to their level. But equally, you just you don't know. They were they were brilliant in terms of airing it out. Um, like if they they just just go let Kirk Cousins cook and and, and go down the field and find Justin Jefferson. If they did that more, um, then I think they'd actually uh, could could be more successful in in doing that because you you couple that with uh, Dalvin Cook, who's such a good runner, and teams are going to have to worry about all sorts. But they tend not to to look um, Jefferson's way enough, I think, and I don't know if that's something that will change. Um, I, I'm I'm going to go with the Packers just because their defense has been so good. But that's what the caveat that this is, this Vikings team, they're capable of winning this game. I just, I'm going to go with the Packers to go to 9-2. A couple of interesting teams throughout the week. First of all, well, we know Aaron Jones is out. He got injured last weekend. He's out for a fortnight. So AJ Dillon stepped in last weekend, was very efficient, two touchdowns. Be interesting to see how he gets on in the starting round. He's come on leaps and bounds from last year in his first year. Rodgers hasn't practiced much this, this week. He's been dealing with an ankle injury, I believe. So now you're going a fortnight, give or take, between the COVID situation, him not being available the last Saturday, and obviously then he he been limited this week. Again, it'd be interesting to see how he goes against the defense, which has really turned around this season in comparison to last year. You know, they're second in the league with sacks, so it'd be interesting to see how, how well they do against his offensive line if they can get to Rodgers. Devontae Adams always seems to play well against his team. Last year, in the two games, he had five touchdowns. Just, he always seems to have it one of those breakout games. And I just don't trust the Vikings. Like, 
how can you trust the Vikings? If we have Cousins for all the stick he's got this year, and I no, I don't really rate him. 18 touchdowns, two interceptions. That's a franchise record at this stage of the season for any Vikings quarterback. It's bizarre because there's so many games this season the Vikings should have won, could have won. But I don't see them winning this one. I think the Packers will win and roll on. Um, I should meant to mention in the Lions game, actually, Ryan Santosa, who missed the overtime kick, got cut by the Lions last week. Um, you know, some would say that's the, the epitome of shifting the deck chairs around on the Titanic. But it is a bit of a surprise that Mason Crosby is still kicking for Green Bay, given his recent performances. Now, he's, I think he's kicked five of his last 12 tries. There is a lot to be said about the complications of special teams. He's working with a new operation, new holder in Corky, um, Corey Bohanes, actually, who previously punted, originally drafted by the Pats, punted with the Bills. And maybe that's something to do with it. But if this comes down to a tight game, Unlike most other seasons, you don't trust Mason Crosby in this. And it might be the irony of all ironies that the Vikings, who have been thwarted by field goal misses in the worst of circumstances, Blair Walsh in the playoff game against Seattle, Gary Anderson famously against the Falcons in the NFC Championship game, first in the kick he missed the entire season. Um, wouldn't it be some degree of sweet irony if it rebounded in some respects? Um, the Packers are without Aaron Jones. We know that from tweaking his knee previously. The Vikings are nothing if not efficient. We talk about the Packers' defense quite rightly, even without two of their best players. They're still playing on a really impressive level this year. Um, but actually, the Vikings' offense is one of the most efficient in the league. Um, Cousins is the most efficient in incompletion ratio and in, indeed in relation to inception ratio. And he's got, let us not forget, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to throw the ball to, as well as Dalvin Cook to pound it along the way. Um, random stat, if you needed one more, um, Matt LaFleur and Steve Mariucci are the only two coaches who have gone 13 wins in their first 14 divisional games um, as a head coach. Mariucci did it with the 49ers, now obviously Matt LaFleur doing it with the Green Bay Packers. He's 13-1. and one. The one loss, to the Vikings. Dalvin Cook running for four touchdowns and over 200 yards, actually back at Lambeau. I don't know how. I don't know why. I'm definitely not putting money anywhere near it, but I just feel like the Vikings are going to do it. So I'm going Vikings. I'm glad Brian is awake, uh, wetting his whistle, because we can talk about this without him getting annoyed. I'm joking, Brian. I, lo I love you. Uh, Solskjaer sacked. Uh, there's only one man for the job. I just put it on Twitter there now. There's a man that is guaranteed to get your results and not fall at the final hurdle, like Mike Zimmer. And I think Brian's ready to join us again. Mike Zimmer. Uh, where do you even start? Mike Zimmer is the reason I'm not picking the Vikings. <laughs> if this is any other guy in charge of this team, I'd be like, ah, home game, big crowd. Rogers, I mean, has Rogers trained since? I know he had like a foot in like, or what, what was the issue this week? Ankle. Ankle issue. So he hasn't trained since he had COVID. Did he hurt his ankle when he was busy putting his foot back in his mouth again? I remember being stopped for that foot and mouth thing. Uh, anyway, um, Ted Lasso. Yeah, okay. Sorry, f thanks for the comments, folks. Um, I wasn't impressed with the Packers last week at all. Uh, as a new shareholder in the Green Bay Packers, I am picking the Packers this week, and I'm taking the piss. I'm not a shareholder. Uh, did anybody here buy shares? No. 
No, but it, whatever you do, don't don't uh, don't challenge any Packers fans on social. That's the way. Oh, come on, it was good crack. I, I oh no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good to see the, the <laughs> adverse reaction to uh, uh, a little sneak comment about uh, a Ponzi scheme, which Mark refers to on the show last week. I thought I'd follow up and double down on it during the the gloating this week of the Irish Packers fans who purchased a. Oh, boys, share. come on, hold on, hold on. If the New York Giants put out shares. Brian O'Leary would remortgage no, the house and buy right, so I can have a certificate on my wall to say I have a, I own a piece of the Giants. I I do the same with my team, hundred percent. You know, yeah, hundred percent. No, Brian O'Leary, um, Giants no. in more than one word. I have enough Giant stuff in this house. I don't need a, a certificate on my wall. There's a <laughs> certificate of madness for sporting that particular team. Um, sorry, I wanted to refer back to Mark's uh, point around the inconsistency of Crosby the kicker. Uh, if you ask many Packers fans. He always seems to go through this. It's like he just goes to a sport every two or three years where he misses easy field goals. And then he just seems to come around again. And he kicked a great field goal in, in San Francisco on that Sunday night game where in the season 48 yards where he won the game. Um, I think he's one of the better kickers in the league. He's gone through a bit of an iffy spell. But not, that's not to say he won't do exactly what you're saying tomorrow and pop you know, cause the, t- the team not to win the game. But Oh, yeah, and, and, and look, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to cause you man this job and everything, but it is funny with kickers sometimes. Like, we, we talked about Young Wei Koo being cut by the Chargers after a few missed kicks at the start of his career, and now, look, he goes to the Atlanta, he's the most consistent kickers in the entire league. Sometimes you've got to give him a chance, but he's definitely going through a pretty rough patch. Dan, you are a optimistic character as well, I'll say. They, well, <laughs> they, they, they could, but I... I would be amazed. But any, anything with the Vikings is possible. Michael, sorry, sorry. One more. The line on this game. Not... Oh, sorry, I thought you gave it. Sorry. Okay, I'll give it before, you go, before I give it to you. The line on this game is the Vikings plus one point. Yeah. That shows where Vegas and all the bookies see the game. They have no idea what to expect. Sorry, Michael. No, look, it's fine. Shout out to Dan for the comments and your, and your optimism. I, I hope you win the Mardon. I do. Uh, Emmett Ryan is saying, hi, hi Emmett. Uh, welcome into the show. Packer shares are the original NFT scam. If that's coming from Andrew, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, <laughs> Andrew Brandt has made some, uh, been, been on a bit of a charm offensive this week, and he rightly points out it does help the franchise. You know, uh, other t- oh, 31 other teams. It's, it's a good idea to get the they're going to have a joke at their expense, and that's fair enough. I totally understand why we, why we they would, but equally, I get for the Packers, this is a good move for them. They they get plenty out of it. It's no different to putting a brick at uh, at Old Trafford or at uh, at at Anfield or or wherever uh, your local. I tell you, Michael, there's a no, there's a big difference. I know, there's I know. Big I, I, I tell you the difference. No, no, no. It's a hell of a lot more profitable. That's what it is. It's a hell of a lot more profitable in the break schemes. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Let's say, uh, let's, I, I'll just, I, first off, Michael, just, who, Michael who, who are you picking? <laughs> Come on. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I wanted to thank Brian for just going. I've got a point to make on the kicking situation. Uh, I'm picking the Packers by a field goal. Uh, I think Rodgers will be unimpressive again. I'm going to say the Packers will score under 20 points. They'll have one passing touchdown. I don't know what you're laughing at, Mark, because the Packers were piss poor last week. Piss poor last week. We were sitting in the fourth quarter going, Seattle could come back here. They, they, I'm telling you, any other team played the Packers last well, week. When you say piss poor, you mean the offense piss poor because the defense was... Shocking. Was, the defense was fantastic. Sorry, yeah. 
the offense is like Aaron Rodgers last week looked like me after four days of oxygen, 2008. The man was came gone. off COVID. For, for our for our listeners for everywhere outside of Ireland, by the way, oxygen is a music festival. It's not that Michael was on oxygen yeah. for four days, just to explain. Uh, Brian was what? too busy at uh, is it relentless? It was called. I can't remember what it was called. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. <coughs> one of, one of, one Never of been to eight. oxygen. Never been to relentless. I am relentless in wanting to move on to the next game. Well, one other thing on kickers, but not related to the kickers in this game, but just how good Justin Tucker is. If you look at the NFL, there was a study done that looked at kicking accuracy. Um, and the only kicker whereby the their accuracy has been over, um, I think it's 85%, and it's an, a, indicative of the next year, is Justin Tucker. He is he is money in the bank. He's the only one who does it consistently. There have been plenty others who've gone over 85, gone over 90, and the next season been an abject disaster. Justin Tucker um is that's why he is the the gold standard. That's why the uh Ravens are very happy to pay him the money to keep look look, look at Colin trying to be on nice to Justin Tucker because he's hoping that he gets to interview him tomorrow after the game. <laughs> so hi Justin if you want to come on the Irish NFL show you're more than welcome Lamar. Jackson, John Harbaugh, any of you lads? So, so can I just finish, Michael? The reason I was laughing when you were saying Packers win by field goal is there we are giving out crap about Mason Crosby, and you said they're going to win by a field goal. It's kind of <laughs> ironic in some respects. But seriously, the one final thing I just want to say about this game is, and I need to be a bit sensitive because one of us might be a bit closer to people who are Vikings fans or around the Minnesota area in the next while. So, uh, you know, for his safety, I, I, I'll, I'll be kind. But quite literally, the Packers can win by field goal. The Vikings can win by field goal. The Vikings could win the blowout. The Packers can win the blowout. Literally, when the Minnesota Vikings are involved, anything that could happen, and it would take an alien spaceship landing on the field and Xenob and Gleeblop coming onto the field to play for the Vikings to win and score the last second touchdown on a hook and ladder play for it to be a surprise. Literally, we say any given Sunday, any given Sunday with the Vikings is like an event all on its own as to what could happen. Okay, let's let's move on. I, I knew this game would get a lot of talk. Uh, let's see if Mike Zimmer's still on the job tomorrow morning. Um, Zimmer's at the wheel. The Dolphins against the New York Jets. We've seen both these teams play. Mark's falling off his chair because of this game, is he? The Dolphins is... are three and seven. The Jets are two and seven. I, I can I can sense your excitement already, Brian. Uh, no, I actually do a lot game. on this game. I read you. All right, well, Colin, do, 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 do you want to get Colin, 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 Colin Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I do think it, it's an interesting one because we, we're going to see for the Dolphins, because the Dolphins look dead and buried, right? They look yeah. absolutely dead and buried. And all of a sudden, they came up with this unbelievable plan that made Lamar Jackson look as uncomfortable as I've ever seen him in the league. Right, and this is the what we expected from Brian Flores. We're, we know Brian Flores is capable of coaching a very good defense, so I'm interested to see what way they approach this. Now, they're up against Joe Flacco uh, because the Mike White era. Um, thanks to the Bengals for creating the Mike Mike White era, and we'll get to the Bengals defense um, later later on. But the the Mike White era is over, um, and now it's the Joe Flacco era. Um, 
and uh, we have we've seen that one um, before. And Mark has used um, the the term the factory of sadness um, previously. Well, Joe Flacco is the factory of sadness. Where whenever he after the Ravens Super Bowl win, he got the contract, and ever since it's been an abject nightmare. Wherever Joe has taken his um, his abilities, uh, he. He never looks like he's happy. He never looks like he wants to be there. Um, he uh, he he clearly enjoys a, a nice paycheck, and I I am fascinated to see what Brian Flores mm. comes up with against uh, Flacco. Um, the, for the the Jets, I think Salah was delighted with the Rex Ryan and to focus on that rather than their some of their performances because they have given up so many points, so many points. And but both of these teams will think that they're certainly in with a chance of winning this game, and you'd say they both are. I think the Dolphins will have enough, um, but the it, it really is a, a, for Brian Flores if he is to be in a job next year, the Dolphins have to win. So there's a narrative going out there at the moment between Jets fans and Jets media that the reason why Flacco is, is playing is because the more that Mike White plays and the better he plays the more contra, contra, uh, controversial conversation further down the line. Then the reality is Jets came out this week and said they weren't impressed with Mike White at the line of scrimmage last week. He didn't deal with audibles. He didn't understand what was coming in front of him. He didn't change up the players and their concerns going up against the Dolphins defense that played very well last week that he would struggle again. And that's why the safest thing to do was to play Joe Flacco. It's a, For me, it's a little bit of a tanking situation. Um, the Dolphins... It's gas. You look at the Dolphins run, you say, geez, they've got an opportunity to win three or four games to get themselves back in the playoffs. And then you look at other teams who are in a similar situation going up against the Dolphins, and they're saying, sure, we'll beat the Dolphins and we'll be back in the race because we can win the other games around that particular game. Dolphins still have an opportunity to just hang in there, albeit slightly. So for me, I think it's a bigger game for the Dolphins. Dolphins will win. Defense will dominate this Jets offense too. We'll have a nice day. Guys, we've had the ice bowl every year. We have the pro bowl. This is undoubtedly the toilet bowl. Um, uh, uh, no, 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 pl- no, 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 plenty of fans. And they're two bad teams. I mean, I'm still disgusted. The Patriots lost to the, the Dolphins in the, in the opening game of the season, and the New York Jets, let's be honest, they've been abysmal. They've given up more than 45 points three times in the last four games. The 1966 Giants are the only other team in history who has ever been that abject in terms of points conceded on defense. This game used to mean something. This game used to be important. Um, Dan Marino's fake spike. The Monday night miracle comeback the Jets had against the Dolphins back in 2000, I think it was. The 83 championship game. Like... They played a game, I think it was 86, where it was 51-45 in overtime, something ridiculous like that. It used to be a big game. We're talking about two of the biggest media markets, two of the oldest franchises, obviously two of the earliest AFC teams. But, I mean, when did they win Super Bowls? The Dolphins, we have to go back to the 70s. The Jets, we have to go back to, was it 69? Sorry, yeah, it was 69. or 70. It was flat. Um, Joe Namath's guarantee in Super Bowl three. Unfortunately, of course, the Dolphins have never replaced Marino. Tour isn't the answer. We have some serious problems here. What's wrong? 175, Mark, is the magical number. You're talking about that Jets defense. 175 points they've given up in the last four games. I wish I knew what he he was asking. He asked me, 
No, because he asked me, did I remember that particular Jets Super Bowl in 1971, I believe it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got a brother that was born that year, as it happens. Uh, a younger brother, yeah. Um, no, no, anyway, funny, so I, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed for the fans of these games. I'm disappointed that, look, as he, Colin Moore says, it's an intriguing game. Of course, it will still be interesting how they match up. Can you know, players and stars emerge? Can people rise from the ashes of the, I don't know, the excrement that will basically be on show between two inept teams? Um, you know, overall, the Dolphins will win, but football is the true loser here. The Dolphins beat the Ravens last week, Mark. They're not that bad. Yeah, yeah. and they're three and seven, Brian. They're three and seven, but if you look at the games and you go to each game, they should have won in London. Just they should have beaten the Falcons. I know they didn't. didn't. But we all do it. We all do it. But but I mean, we don't play they're shoulda, woulda, coulda at the end of the they're season. They're a better team than three and seven, Mark. They're a better team. This is like, look, this you, is they like are, Carlo against I mean, Nation Championship. Panel, um, Dennis, oh, uh, Dennis, um, Dennis Green, wasn't it? Yeah, they yeah, are. You say where, yeah, I get it. Yeah, they're a better team. I mean, than your record seven. is what your record is. I, I, I agree. I've expected more from the Dolphins. I thought they were going to be a threat in the AFC East this oh, me season. And, me and Carlo I just thought they were going to get together. Brian Flores is a good coach. But they're not, they haven't been, they won't be. They'll win this game, it'll be meaningless. The Jets want to keep losing. Three and ten is the key thing for them. That's their draft picks as things stand at the moment. Five and seven we're, for the Giants, three and ten for the Jets. Were, were the Steelers an 11 and 0 team last year? No. How did they finish? Uh, uh, how did they finish? They finished 12 and 4. They were still So Brian's point holds true. The Dolphins, it's the end of the season where your record. Brian, Brian is saying the Dolphins are better than the record shows. At the moment, he thinks they'll finish strong. I think they have a, certainly have a good chance of, of doing that. But the Steelers sat in 11 and 0. If you took that, the Steelers were the best team in the, a- the abso- NFL. Absolutely. They weren't. Not but a Colin, chance. The end of season absolutely matters. But as we look at them today, they're not. Good I enough. think it's unfair to call it a toilet bowl They keep game, letting Mark. themselves down. They keep losing games they should win. They should have won in London. They should have been the Jags. And if they'd been the Jags and then they'd been Atlanta, which was another winnable game, then we'd be talking about a completely different team and a completely different set of possibilities. Okay. They don't have enough. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, every time I hear Mike White, I think of Breaking Bad for some reason. I don't know what it is. Is it Walter White? Is it? Is it whatever? Like you know, he, he can't cook anything on, on, on that on that offense. Maybe he needs to give Mister White a call. Boys, I'm not going to waste your time. Dolphins, Jets, Dolphins. Whatever. Mo- moving on. Um, right. the Dolphins fans yes. come for you Monday morning, and then you'll be saying next week, "Oh, I'm very Aye, sorry if they, about that if, last if week." Happy, if they've been happy this. If they lose, it's not my fault. The Dolphins should win this game anyway, boys. I mean, my God. Come on. Tua against Joe Flacco? Come on. Joe, Joe Flacco. Believe me, I've paid enough of the Queen's English to watch that man in person. No, I'm not I'm not going to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. Right, He's a cool. bad man. He's a bad man, as I say. Uh, right, hold on. Mark, you look like you want to say something about this game. I was just going to say, the, my, Michael, you're saying about Tua and Flacco. It's much more than that. The weapons the Dolphins have compared to the weapons the Jets have, vastly outpaced. The the defenses, it's vastly outnumbered in relation to it. You know Flores is going to say in cover zero, 
because he does it in every game. He's going to send cover zero at Joe Flacco, and Joe Flacco might have an actual accident on the field when that happens. So, I mean, like, you know, it, it's the Dolphins are going to win the game. Let's no, no, no. Let's let's move on. Uh, the Saints five and four go up against the Eagles four and six. Oh, I want to give a geez. shout out very quickly to my friend David from Limavady, um, up in Northern Ireland. Uh, he's in New York. He's going over to Philly tonight or tomorrow. He's going to the game. Um, I hope we get tickets, David, and uh, fly Eagles fly. He's a big Eagles fan for today. Maybe he'll send us a few a few pictures, or maybe he'll do what Colin done and send us a video of the game. I'll get back to you. Uh, I'll tell him to send you a few videos, Brian, for the crack. But uh, enjoy the game, David. Um, right, so Colin, what do you think? Eagles 4-6, and six, Saints 5-4. and four. Saints losing last week in Tennessee, albeit in that, on that call. That, that, that was a bounty of a call, wasn't it, for the Saints last week? Yeah, it was, a, it was an awful call. Um, but they, you know, the Saints have been on the, the receiving end of probably worse calls and more important calls, as they uh, would point out to you, I, I imagine. And um, yeah, I know Mark probably laughs that I call the games intriguing, but I do. I find the NFL intriguing. I would watch all of it because there's always something, I think, in, in these games. And I think there's plenty in this one. Um we get to see more of Trevor Simeon, who uh, was asked this week if he was the fourth Manning brother, but based purely on aesthetics and uh, not ability. Uh, I don't think he's been helped by the O-line, but um, where when you've Trevor Simeon as your starting QB, it, it's less than ideal. Now, having a head coach like Sean Payton helps it out, and it looks, I, I, from what I saw, that uh alvin kamara should be back um, no, God, no he's out uh yeah. that's a well that's a huge loss then it all comes down then to the saints are number one run defense can they stop this um because the eagles have, have basically um kind of looked to maybe what the patriots have done with matt jones and said right with a young qb um we go we go run heavy we ask him to do bits and pieces when necessary he can make throws we know he can but we're not going to put all of the game on on his shoulders and that's worked really well for them last week they did that and when necessary Hertz made great throws and found smith um and so i think that's what's going to be really interesting peyton is undoubtedly going to scheme he's going to come up um with the plan it's how will the eagles um respond to that so it's the eagles o-line against the saints d-line essentially um the, the saints have lost by two for the last two weeks and i i can i i'm gonna i'm gonna go with with kamara being out i'm gonna go uh with the the eagles because they're at home but it's it's a it's a close one this is not going to be a classic um by by any uh stretch of the imagination in terms of attacking football but it will be a chess match and it, therefore it will be really interesting Kamara's out, and they've also ruled out two other starting offensive line guys this afternoon as well, which is another big loss. But I'm not sure how adversely they'll be impacted by that because the Eagles' defense this year has been, let's just say, average, and they haven't done enough to, to concern me on that side of things. I think, Colin, you touched on it. It's whether Horse can get outside the pocket and do what he does and cause damage in the run game because this um, Saints defense is very strong. You know, they're number one run defence in the league. They've only given up two 100-plus uh, rushing games in the last 63. So if they stopped them, it's on Hortz to win the game, and that's where I think the problem lies because I don't believe he can do it. If they keep him in the in the pocket and they ask him to beat them as a quarterback, 
I don't think he can do it. And I think the Saints was they've lost two difficult games and they've lost by two points. I think Sean Payton is scheming well and he's doing enough and I think he'll do enough in this game to just get them over the line. Despite the injuries, I think the Saints will win a very close game. Uh, I think the loss of the tackles is more than that. It's both tackles. It's Armstead and Ramchek. Yeah, they're both Ramchek, pro. Yeah, Ramchek yeah, is they're great. both pro yeah. ball tackles. Like I mean, yeah. that's that's a massive disruption on that O line and with Kamara as well. Like, okay, you're going to put in Trevor Simeon's uh, arm and hands uh, to win the game potentially, which is Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram obviously yeah. is back there. Um, he. I actually thought this was a weird one. Last week, he because obviously he returned to the Saints and he rushed a couple of times and then went over Juice McAllister's all-time franchise record for yards for running back. Do you not think Juice McAllister was there? Like, why didn't that guy just stay away from New Orleans? He didn't have to come back. I just, I just thought that was a bit. He strange. thought it was done. He was smoking cigars every week. It was over. Yeah, but anyway, um, look, he's there, but he's not the player he used to be. I, for me, actually. Look, the first time, actually, um, Jaden Hurts won his first career start, um, which was against yeah. the Saints. And in that game, they ran for over 200 yards. I think it was about 240 yards. Um, that's the Saints, oh, sorry, the Saints, the Eagles' path to success this this game as well. Miles Sanders has come back. Obviously, Jordan Howard and um, Boston Scott have done well in his absence, and they've kind of had a nice balance there. So Sanders adds another dimension. Hurts ran for over 100 yards when they beat the Saints last time. And if he can break contain a couple of times, that will obviously keep them on their heels. Um, the Eagles haven't won at home this season. Sirianni's never won a game at home yet. But they did play, I think it's the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Bucks, and someone else who I can't think Chargers. of. Chargers. Chargers, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Um, all of which are good teams. So you can understand that they haven't exactly had the, you know, it's been a bit of murderous row, if I can uh, equivalent, uh, equivocate to the 1920s, 1930s Yankees in that regard. So uh, all, what does all this mean? Ultimately, I think the Eagles will still be able to run the ball, even against a very good Saints defense. And I don't trust, even with the brilliance of Sean Payton, Trevor Simeon and that offense. So therefore, I'll go Eagles to win this game. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's Michael massive wildcard connotations as well for both teams. So it's like the Pats Browns last week. It can swing the wildcard race significantly. With new Alvin Kamara as it stands, the Saints could really use Smash Williams or somebody in regards to Smash Williams. I've been watching Friday Night Lights for the last four days, boys, and I am I am living the dream. Coach Taylor, I love you, man. Uh, anyway. Eagle Saints is an intriguing game, but you gotta look at it behind this. Me and Colin have nobody to root for this week. I'm gonna root for the Eagles this week. On the road to victory, the last um well, Why? I was gonna say the last I was uh, sorry. Why? Well, I'm, Why are you gonna move the Eagles? The last the last three games, the Eagles have scored 44 points, 24 points, albeit losing by a, a field goal. Uh, and they looked like world beaters uh, against the Broncos last week. Devonta Smith looked unbelievable last week. So I think in terms of getting the ball down the field, I think Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith will work better than Trevor Simeon. Uh, is it Callaway? 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 So, uh, look, it games in Philly. I just think the Eagles will win. That's literally the only reason. That's I sound like Dave Portnoy here. That's literally the only reason I have for the Eagles winning this game. That's it. I like I like what Sirianni's doing in Philadelphia. 
I actually do. I think in time I'll be proven right. And uh, I have to say that because my team was manhandled last week by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I hope next week that you beat them. Is that all right? Oh, Mark? God, it's Sunday week, yeah. It's the game we've marked on our calendar since 2nd of January of this year. Giants are on Monday Night Football this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Ed will be out back on Monday night for that there. Cameron Hogwood, breaking news. These boys don't know about Cameron Hogwood from Sky is coming on. Talk about a Giants, and I'm sure Brian will love to have his one-on-one with Cameron. We'll just leave for that 20-minute segment. I'm joking. Is he coming on a Monday night? Uh, He's coming on a Monday night, and thanks to Cameron for coming on. Appreciate it. I'm taking the Eagles. Okay. Ready to go? All good? No objections to that? Okay. Uh, Right. How long have you got? Jesus, Brian, Halloween is over. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> it's, uh, I, th- I think Brian's tired. It's been a hard day for United fans, boys. It's been a hard day. I think I think he means in regards to whatever I said to you about the Eagles. You didn't look oh, happy. Oh, absolutely. 100% the Eagles. Yeah. Um, and I hope, hopefully, David, you enjoy the game. Texans 1 and 8, Titans 8 and 2. I, I'm picking the Titans. I think the Titans are going to have too much for this, for this Texans team. I, I can't see how the Texans are going to win this game. And... Uh, for, for, is it Foreman or Freeman, the running back? The guy with the dreads looks really good. But outside of that, look, come on. Like, Titans are going to win Call him, go ahead. Yeah, I call a, a lot of games intriguing. This is not one of them. <laughs> this is not one of them. I told you all before the season started the Texans will stink the place up. Um, they're they're an embarrassment to the uh, league. Week one, week one. Oh, yay, week one. Here we go. The Jaguars did that last year too. Um, they're an embarrassment to themselves. They're an embarrassment to the league. I feel for their fans because they have great fans in Houston, but the, the Texans are a joke franchise at the moment. Um, what what's the what is the point? There's this weird Deshaun Watson limbo. They couldn't trade him, but they can't play him. But the NFL wants wants to spend him, um, so the carousel continues. Um, similar to the carousel that the Broncos have at QB. The last couple of games that these teams played were fantastic right um the titans won the last one what 41 38 or 39 and similar to the year before i think that the titans were 42 texans 36 and that was in overtime so uh, a couple of gear games this won't be the case um t- tomorrow the this uh a Texans team that cannot wait for the season to end. They wanted they if it could end tomorrow, they would be delighted. This is a um, a Titans team um, that's obviously lost a, a major component in Derrick Henry, but um, they have done really well to manage without him. And we talked about how their their schedule was very kind over the second half of the season, and it could not be kinder than getting to play the uh, Houston Texans in your home stadium. The Tennessee Titans are going to nine and two. A Texans offense that has scored ten or less points in five games this season, going up against a top ten defense. They're going to struggle. I'd imagine they'll struggle in this game, despite the fact that Tyrod Taylor is now back managing as a quarterback. With his experience, he might be able to win a game, but it won't be this one against the Titans team. is only going in one direction, and it looks like, not the band, but it looks like they're going towards the playoffs and potentially this number one seed. And you look at the games coming up, they've got some very winnable games that will certainly put them right up there, challenging to at least be the number two seed. They're going to win this game. Obviously, I don't think this is one that we should get too carried away. There's games tonight that we've over-discussed. 
in a way, like the Dolphins and, and the Jets, but I don't think we should spend too much more on this one unless Mark wants to take the floor and keep us going as to why this could well, be shot. Well, well, Brian, like, I mean, you mentioned One Direction, and there are some out there who would say that Louis, Harry, Zane, Liam, and Niall have more chance of winning this game than the Houston Texans have. I mean, I'm not one of them. That would be cruel because let's let's face it, David Cully, he's going back to Tennessee. He's a Tennessee boy. I think he worked down in Tennessee at a few co uh, co uh, colleges down there. So, I mean, he, he's got issues going down there. And sorry, he's going to be keen to go back. But Tennessee weren't great the other week. Mike Vrabel's even come out and said, hey, we've got to fix some things here because we only just got by the Saints. They squeaked by 23-21. The Texans came off one of their better performances in uh, only losing 17-9 to Miami, and they had the bye last week, so they've had a chance to rebuild things up. And I have to read this out to you guys because I still can't make sense of it. David Cully came out this week and said, hmm, we've lost eight straight, but we're not losing. looking at it as a losing streak. We're looking at it right now as having a one-game winning streak and then moving forward. But they didn't win, so I don't understand how they've got a one-game winning streak. I think what he's trying to say is we're just looking forward and we're hoping to win that game and start the streak. I don't know. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, uh, to be really frank. But here, Colin mentions the Sean Watson, the cloud that forever permeates over the Houston Texans this year. We've seen the Davis Mills show. We've seen Tyra Taylor, and he's obviously back now. And obviously, we know what Deshaun Watson is capable of doing. But I said a couple of weeks ago, when the Titans beat the Colts, that's that division over. It was because the Titans are in the same division as the Jags and the Texans. So they knew they had a few bye weeks coming up. It does not matter today whether Davis Mills plays. It does not matter whether Tyrod Taylor plays. It would not matter if Deshaun Watson played. It would not matter if the Lord Jesus Christ himself oh. came down to well, earth. We know what's going to happen now. Survive <laughs> and well, Lord himself in the second coming as the quarterback of the Houston Texans. They are not going to win. Titans. Anyway. That's, okay. Uh, get your money on the, on the, on the uh, Texans. Okay, um, let's look ahead to the latest Lily games. It's been an hour and a half, and we're only in the latest Lily games now. Uh, unfortunately, Brian will be allowed, or, or Mark will be allowed to watch this because um, there's significant hours we'll be watching. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here tomorrow night. But uh, look, we'll try and commentate on Twitter for that. But, um, I hope you're hoping is that starting tomorrow, is it? Tom tomorrow night. Uh, I've night, never watched night, it in my life. What's it, how does what's, what's that entail? All right, well, I'm, I'm joking, I'm just having a black heart. All right. Um, <laughs> the Bengals, uh, shout out to Ireland's Who Day, Who Day, um, going up against the Raiders. We haven't heard from them in a while. See, they took the season off because they won the division in week five and then oh, retired. Come on, Bengals lads are good lads. Come on, come on. Bengals lads are good lads. Still, I'm still going to pick Jamar Chase for offensive rookie of the year. Um, he's put up. So, Mac Jones isn't going to win. Come on, boys. Like, you know, I could throw a seven-yard pass by myself in an empty field with nobody in the crowd. That was a joke. All right, all right, all right. Anyway, it's strange, anyway. Michael. To tell you, Bridgewater doesn't seem to be able to. So I know, which is which is why Mac Jones is so good. <laughs> um, this game is in Vegas. We've got a Raider coming up in a couple of weeks in the show. We'll talk about that later on. Spoiler alert: uh, Colin Bengals, you're dressed up for the occasion. Bengals bye week last week going up against the Raiders. Can you see the Bengals getting back in track? Because if the Bengals do win on Sunday. Six and four, that opens up again. 
Yeah, both of these teams, you could say that about. Like, the, both of these teams, they're bare abouts, but both of these teams are coming off an absolute spanking. They both gave up 41 points in their last game. And the Bengals have real issues on defense. Yeah, we like a lot of what they, they did uh, on the offensive side of the ball earlier in the, the year. Burrow and Chase was very, very productive. But I talked about it earlier. This is a Bengals team that created the Mike White era. Um, the the, the, sh- the short-lived Mike White era because we got to see what he was really like last week. This is this is a, a Bengals team that gave that so much credence to the oh Baker is reborn now that OBJ is gone and the the, the Browns are going to go on a run and oh my goodness oh oh look quite quick they're already dead the Patriots are stomping all over them. Um, so this is a Bengals team that give up points and. The this is a Raiders team that you know have kind of run into all sorts of issues this um, this season. So I could make a case where both of these teams can win this game, and if they do win, they kind of get their season back on track. They're really still in the hunt, but if they lose and fall to five hundred, you know what way does the rest of the season kind of it, it peters out? Um. You know, I I I'm, I think that the the Raiders have more issues than the the Bengals, and for that reason, I think that Chase, that Jamar Chase is is or and can be on his day an outstanding um, wide receiver. I do think the the Bengals need to look to other options as well. It can't just be be him, but I have the Bengals winning this. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if the Raiders do, but I I'm going to go with the Bengals to to win it tomorrow. And the start of the season, the first five weeks, the Bengals defense statistically had you know forgone anything they done last season. You know they were miles ahead of sacks, you know interceptions, everything. You know in terms of what we felt when we spoke about them in the preseason, uh, show as to why we were concerned about them, whether they could make that step up. But in the last two games, they've given up 34 points on defense and 21 in the last, in the previous game. And it coincides with an offense that has since struggled as, as well. And like Chase, as good as he's been, he was first seven weeks of the season, he was getting an average of 107 yards per game. He's dropped down to 40. So I don't know if it's a case of teams are double covering and figuring them out. Probably that's a bit early to say that, but they haven't been the same team. And this Raiders team, I mean, they're enigma. You just don't know what you're going to get from them. Funny enough, if you look at the Raiders for the past three seasons, at this stage of the season, They've had a winning record, and each season they finished with, a, with just short of a losing record. This is a fork in the road game for me. Whether they're going to potentially go on and challenge for the division and even a wild card, but it's a close one. I mean, the the line in the in the bookmakers is one one point. I mean, the, the, I think the Raiders are actually getting the point. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Um, last weekend, Gus Bradley didn't seem to figure it out. He literally played the same defense he's been playing for weeks rather than. I suppose, and considering who was playing and, and considering what got on the, the weeks leading up to that, in terms of what teams were doing against the Chiefs, he went away from that and he just stuck with something that didn't work. I think this week they'll get back to a Raiders defence that's been reasonably good this season and they'll find a way to win the game. Raiders, close game, Raiders just. Uh, I want to bring you gents back into the distant past. Just go back three long weeks ago. And we had two of these teams, both at five and two, both leading their divisions at the time. You know, the the possibilities were endless, effectively. They were both top of their divisions, or maybe the Raiders were five and three, but they were top of their divisions. And now look at them, back-to-back losses. They're both five and four. I mean, the Jets and the Browns, bad enough. 
well, you know, to lose to them, but losing to the the Chiefs and the Giants was that maybe worse? I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, like neither, neither is a good sign. So if you want to be contending at the end of the year, um, I saw someone on Twitter describe this as this is two teams that are drowning and now they're trying to dunk the other underwater while they're grabbing for a life raft. Um, which brings up kind of Titanic memories. And while Rose was being very greedy, because there was definitely enough room on that door for Jack and her to be on it, um, it's very much which one is going to be Rose just looking at the other sleep, slip deep beneath the ocean uh, into their watery grave. Um, strangely, obviously, they're both still in the hunt, even if one of them loses here, but it would feel like a pretty damning blow especially when we think of all the permutations and all the, the tiebreakers it plays into, not just obviously head-to-head, but obviously in AFC in terms of conference matchup. Um, I I think it's, it, Colm, you know, intriguing games. This is actually intriguing. Like, who is going to be able to get out of their tailspin? Um, who is actually going to be able to perform again? The Raiders have gone through so much this season, and I talked and I picked them correctly on the aftermath of some of the things that were going through with Gruden and the things like that, that they would band together. But how much emotional energy does that exhaust in the team uh, in relation to it? I think the Bengals still have the brighter future longer term. Jamar Chase has been absolutely electric. Joe Burrow, after a little bit of a rocky start in week one and two, has just reminded everyone why he had such an amazing rookie season. And whilst I still don't trust their offensive line, I like Joe Mixon's hard running. I like the Bengals' defense to contain what obviously has more limited options now on the Raiders' uh, offense. And as long as they take care of Darren Waller, they take care of a big part of their passing game. So, Byers' hair's breath. And I agree with Brian. Like, I mean, the line's probably about right. There's a point or two to it. Either way, I'm going Bengals over the Raiders this time. And I'm surprised with the t shirt, with the shirt, like, Colin, did you go Bengals? Yeah. I mean, you dressed up yes. as the Bengals tonight with the uh, the stripes. So, uh, right, Matthew, I'm going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Do, 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 do. Oh, you remember that yeah. program, do you? I do, Brian. Okay. They used to show reruns and challenge like five years ago. I don't know what challenges. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you after, don't worry. All right. Right. Um, okay. Uh, the Raiders owe me four and a half hours of sleep from last Sunday night. I'm only really recovering now. Thank you for that, lads. Really appreciate that last Sunday night. I convinced myself that Sunday night football was going to be a classic. And it wasn't. But that's my fault. Um, I agree with you, Mark, on what you're saying about Joe Mixon and the Bengals' defence. But not just Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro is becoming more and more of a, of a threat for this team. He had five catches for 60-odd yards last week. And... He's looking good, but the reality is Cincinnati need to win. Cincinnati need to get over the line and win something over the next couple of weeks. I think this is the opportunity. The Raiders have a short week going to Dallas. Don't tell me Dallas on Wednesday night. Uh, and that's obviously part of our do 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 Thanksgiving special. Guest released at uh, 11.25 on Tuesday night. On Wednesday, looking forward to that there. I'm picking the Bengals, boys. I think Joe Burrow's going to have a day. I think Jamar Chase is going to have two or three passing touchdowns. And I think the Raiders start to not not, not combust, but just fall behind a wee bit. I think you're starting to see things open up. It's a bit like 70 or 80 minutes in the football game, and it starts to open up. I think that could be uh, that could be a situation for me. Uh, right. Is that the Next first game. game we've gone against each other? Actually, no, sorry, Mark beat the Colts <clears> here. Sorry. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, no, you're fine. I was just literally, I, sh- I thought I was a mute. Uh, I just, in terms of what Mark said about Titanic, uh, 
we love the Titanic. Titanic is a, a fantastic tourism part of Northern Ireland that we hope to do Championship Sunday live from the Titanic building in Belfast. Who knows? Watch this space. Mark, maybe you can get on the tourism and I about that. Uh, right, Cowboys 7 and 2, Chiefs 6 and 4. Game of the weekend for me, up there with a the game of the season so far because of the permutations that I think it leads for the Chiefs. Chiefs have to win this game, boys. They go 7 and 4. Uh, they're back on top again after Sunday in Vegas, Colin. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, five passing touchdowns on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys team, seven and two. Uh, games in Arrowhead, what's your thoughts? Yep, um, both teams had big wins um, last weekend. And, you you know, the I suppose for the, for the Chiefs, it's to see have some of the problems been solved. Not all of them will have been solved, but... Um, winning certainly is a, a good tonic, and I think it, w- it will have helped them a lot. The Cowboys, you know, just didn't take the Broncos seriously and paid a price, and then took out their frustrations on the on the Falcons. So the the Cowboys are definitely a, a very capable team. They've got all sorts of attacking talent. I mean, when you look at their wide receiving options, they're just they're fantastic. Three, you know. Um, the, I remember before the, the season started, there were various arguments amongst fan bases about the, the top receiving talent. Um, Dallas is certainly up there because they, they just have kind of so so many different options. Zeke is playing really well. And Micah Parsons, we're, you were talking about um, Jamar Chase being offensive rookie of the year. For me, Micah Parsons is head and shoulders um, the front runner currently for defensive rookie of the year. Um, he has looked brilliant wherever they've had to put him. They've had to move him to edge uh, rather than linebacker, and he's just taken to it like a, a duck to water. And I, I do think this is going to be a really interesting game because what do Spags do to try to slow that Cowboys uh, offense down, right? They have loads of different options, so what are the Chiefs going to do? Um, but I also think that... The Cowboys play a similar system to the Raiders and that you saw what Mahomes was able to do last week. We know the way in which you go about uh, slowing Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it's similar to what you do against the, the Bills. You play the too high shell, you force them to take the underneath stuff, you force it to be boring, you force them to drive down the field methodically. And Mahomes has admitted publicly that he doesn't like to do that. And, and yet the Raiders decided, no, not going to do that. Going to play, um, you know, rather than do that, going to continue what, what we were doing. And they got burned. And I so I'm intrigued to see if the Cowboys will stick to their game plan or if they alter their game plan because of who they're playing. Now, I think Mahomes is such a talent that you should alter your game plan because I think that... If you don't, he will take. He's good enough to take advantage of it, and I think that's my my concern. Um, I suppose uh, for the um, for the the Cowboys. I also thought what was interesting last week was Max Crosby was he got forty percent like pressure on forty percent of his rushes last week. His thirty nine rushes, he got pressure on forty percent, which is insane to do. But he didn't get home against Mahomes. I think that was quite telling as well. So for that reason, and because I think they'll bounce back, we'll talk like when I uh, talk about it on, in the um, the Thanksgiving show. But I think the Cowboys have two games this week in their minds. I don't think they'll be as focused. I think the Chiefs are going to win this. Um, I think it will be a, a fascinating, explosive game. 
Yeah, I, it's funny. I have a point here made as well around whether they'll adjust their defense to play against this Chiefs offense because the last since we since they played that game in in, in Foxborough against the Patriots, they've actually only given an average of 180 yards per game defensively. They've really improved the Cowboys. So whether they'll go with the same like for like scenario or whether they'll readjust. You haven't watched last week's film. You'd, you'd imagine they'd readjust to some team. But for me, the game's around the Cowboys' offense more so than the Chiefs' offense because Amari Cooper has been ruled there for COVID. He's not vaccinated, therefore he's not going to play on Thursday against the Raiders as well. But they have a wide receiver who's kind of floating on the radar, and Wilson did a really good start to his career. He had a, an open touchdown last year in Seattle um, where people didn't know who he was, and he came in and he's had a really good season so far, but he's kind of floating under the radar because the other guys such as Lamb, Cooper, have got all, all the uh, exposure. So for me, looking at this game, Cowboys' offense is overall it's the best offense in the in the, in the league. Best at this time, nineteen seventy one was the last time they were in this situation. They went on to win the Super Bowl. I'm not sure they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I certainly think they're going to have more than enough to beat Chiefs in this game. I'm not sold on the Chiefs. I think last week's game was one of those situations where the Raiders just the Raiders were the Raiders. They didn't adjust to what's been going on recently, which has worked for other defenses. And now the Chiefs, they put forty one points. And I think the Cowboys will win this game. They're, they're not even favourites. They're three-point underdogs. I'm surprised by that. It is a surprise they're not favourites in the game, to be honest with you. Um, Amari Cooper, lads, I think we mentioned him a couple of times. I mean, he's out with COVID, uh, but Tyron Smith is going to be back, which is going to help yeah. that offensive line, which is going to be big. And let's face it, the Cowboys' run game hasn't been bad. Like, it's been quite efficient, especially with Zach, uh, Dak, Zach, Dak back. Uh, it makes it uh, a more of a threat on, um, you know, um, a read option uh, on obviously play action, passing, etc. Um, and that Cowboys offense, other than their one obviously notable blip, has been cooking. They got back on track very much yeah. against the Falcons. Um, the Chiefs, I haven't been as down on them as you guys. I also don't think it's must win for the for the Chiefs. Um, they can be six and five, and they're still at the top or equal top in their division this year this year um and and i still think there's room for them to to win other games there's other much more winnable games for them and in fact the divisional games are going to be the really critical ones obviously to sort the men from the boys there in the afc west uh west <laughs> west uh Hawkins, of course is a cowboys fan as well he grew up in Texas, so him and his dad were actually Cowboys fans. So that's a, a an interesting matchup. Jerry Jones might be, I don't know, um, trying to play play that up in some respects. But guys, I, I honestly, I, that you know, we talk about who's Super Bowl bound and things like that. And it's still way too soon. But the Cowboys have been a very complete team this year. Um, ever since the opening game, we thought, oh, their defense got torn apart, and they weren't great against the Bucks. The defense has come on, the linebacks come on, the shift of Parsons has been um, a great move fundamentally. Um, and on offense, they have a lot of the answers. I'm not saying they have all the answers, they're not an unbeatable force, but they've certainly a lot of them. More than enough for this porous Chiefs defense, which is the biggest weak link here. Could the Chiefs keep up in the shootout? Absolutely. Will they? I don't think so. Cowboys for me to win this game. I really thought you were going to pick the Chiefs, Mark. I really did. I'm re honestly, I'm really sure. I'm like, I'm really surprised some of these picks. It's it's interesting. Did you think you were going um, to be the lone wolf on this game? Well, you haven't heard my pick yet, so you don't know. Okay. So okay. anyway, I, I let, let me make a pick. Uh, thanks for the comments so far, folks. 
appreciate the comments folks we'll try and get some red out towards the end uh right look obviously this is a massive game um i'm not saying obviously this like look the Chiefs season's not mine it's a load of different games coming up but these are the games you, that you need to win if you want to become a contender in that in the afc the chiefs need to win you've got teams playing the the chargers are playing on some of their football they're going to try and get back you know they won last week they're going to try and get another win but for the chiefs boys they're two and four against teams of winning records uh they won against the packers and they won against the raiders last week um i think M- mika parsons is going to be the x factor in this game i think he's a, he's uh, like honestly tell me i'm wrong he's probably going to be the, the, the defensive rookie of the year um yeah. if you're looking at guys like hmm? am i but joking oh, no I, no, I, I, no i think so okay. I, I i need to turn the volume up it's really low down anyway look i think if guys like Trevon Diggs plays aggressive football um and it's just aggressive I, I, the, the cowboys have to go into this game and be aggressive i'm not going to sit here and slag the way the chiefs have played over certain weeks because they came back and shot me in the foot on sunday night and um, i'm not going to do that but does dan quinn go in here and blitz does he put it up against Mahomes? i think he does i think the cowboys blitz to the hell boys i i just i honestly think they'll go in and make it very very hard for kansas city but at the same time i think it's going to be a very very close game because it's going to be a very very back and forth game and um, obviously re- relying on both the pass game and the run game is going to be key for both sides i think the cowboys are going to do just enough like you're talking a point a field goal whatever but i i think it could be the game of the season i really do um Obviously, on paper, it's probably one of the game seasons so far. But I think, in terms of actually it happening tomorrow, it could be the game of the season. But it's it's a toss up. But I'm going to take the Cowboys by a point, a couple of points, um, and you'll hear my pick for the Cowboys second game on Wednesday night. So, well, me and Mark went with Cowboys. You to buy with Chiefs, yeah? No, I went Cowboys. Oh. You know it's bad. Columns alone, Wolf. <laughs> That's a, that's a common theme, I think, throughout the, the season. Not always a good one, though. I, w- I wouldn't take that to be a good yeah. sign. If you're my, a Chiefs my, fan, hmm. Yeah, Michael, I'll make it very clear. I think the Cowboys will win, but I hope the Chiefs win. Grant, <laughs> um, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me anymore, does it? It's more about just the... Uh, I, I, I just want a good game. Right, Cardinals 8-2. Have you got your hand warmers ready? The Seahawks are playing 6. Uh, it should be a bit warmer. Well, it might not be Colin in Seattle tomorrow. Um, what's your thoughts ahead of this game? Kyler Murray playing, yeah? How how fit are either of the QBs, even even if they do play? And that's a, a huge concern, I think, for, for the Cardinals because, as Brian has pointed out, um, the, the Cardinals season fell apart last year once Murray got injured. And he came back and he played, but they never looked the, the same. And that would be a huge concern. I mean, he got injured on the final play and um, just looked innocuous. And he tried to play it down initially, but then he left the stadium in a boot and it's kind of lingered. And I don't know if we've got a, an update on uh, Hopkins, whether he's going to start or not. But that's that's a huge, huge concern uh, because we saw what happened last week when they were missing the, the two of them. No, they're probably their two best players, so it's understandable when you miss them, it's going to have an impact, and they both are very, very talented. Um, but I, I mean, I, I, I suppose the the Seahawks ha, have huge issues as well. Russell Wilson shut out for the first time in his career last week, and 
they haven't looked really like the, themselves. He, like they, they started the season with Russ taking all sorts of shots downfield and Tyler Lockett coming up big. And, and Russ is capable of that. We know what a good QB he can be. But as a team, they haven't looked um, really fantastic. And AJ Dillon ran all over them last week. And I imagine that's what you're going to to see the, the Cardinals do, no matter probably who is at QB, is just to look to get James Conner involved and to look for Chandler Jones to have a big game to get to Russ. I don't see how Russ's finger can be right. I, I think you saw that last week. I, I think he's rushed himself back to because he wants to get there. Um, and um, <laughs> afraid, just, just for anyone in the podcast, call him if, if, you, if, if you want to read that out. Yes, uh, call him, don't go to Swinger tomorrow. They'll shoot you for wearing a deer hunter outfit. I am indeed wearing um, a, a, an orange uh, hunting outfit. So uh, kudos to uh, to Fred who is both observant and a comedian. But I I think the cards are going to lean into Connor and Chandler Jones. I think the Seahawks, if they looked back on it, I wonder, would they do it differently? Would they allow Russ to go if they got the three, three firsts and three seconds, if they had their time again this offseason and to, to rebuild given everything that's happened? I've got the Cardinals um, to win it, but it's it's definitely got an asterisk on it. I think their entire season has an asterisk on it until we know just how um, how much that injury is going to affect Murray. The common team coming out of the Cardinals this week is whether they play him this week because they've got a boy next week. So do you you know do you look at the long term you know aspirations for the season in terms of if you don't play him this week potentially take take another loss. And then you take you, you give him another two weeks, and then he comes back fully functional, and then they go they go for it again for the remainder of the season. And there's a general consensus around Cardinals fans that they kind of they dodged the bullet over the past fortnight to a certain extent because he's been out he's been out for two weeks, and the Rams have lost the last two weeks. So you know they're still in a very a prime position. It looks like he's going to play. It doesn't look like Hopkins is going to play, but it does look like Kyler Murray's going to play. With the general, with the feeling is that they'll give it a go, see how he's going. If it's not working, they'll take him out of the game. And readdress the situation then. If he goes out of the game and Colt McCoy comes in, I mean it's night and day. They won't win the game even there. That's Seahawks defense. In fairness to them, despite the struggles they've had in their three and six, they've actually come on because we were again similar to the team to last year. We were giving out about them how poorly they started the season, but they've come around again. It's kind of very similar trace to what we saw last season. But again, asterisk situation. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals to win. Um, they're five and zero on the road this season. They're averaging twenty five points a game on the road, but that's with Murray as quarterback. If he's playing, and he's playing at a reasonably good level, I think they'll do enough. Because I'm not convinced by this uh, Hawks offense. And Metcalf, despite all the great games he's had, he struggled when he's played the Cardinals. He doesn't seem to do very well. So the Cardinals defense seems to do well against him. I'm going to go with the Cardinals to win. I'm assuming. Kyle Murray is reasonably fit for this game. Fado, Fado, long ago, long ago, there was a sea nymph named Thetis. And Thetis had a relationship with a man named Peleus, who was a mortal. They had a young boy. And then Thetis took the boy to the River Styx and held him in 
which gave, granted him powers of uh, invulnerability, not immortality, but invulnerability. Unfortunately, to hold him into the river stick, she held him obviously by one foot or heel. That began the great warrior Achilles, who obviously killed Hector outside the, uh, uh, the who was a prince outside of Troy and was renowned in his battles. But because of the arrow shot by Paris, he was fatally wounded when it hit the heel where the invulnerability did not attach to. That's why we have an Achilles heel. That's why we have an Achilles tendon. And unfortunately, Kyler Murray is a quarterback who relies so much on his mobility that if it is limited in any fashion, especially his Achilles, he turns from an immortal or an invulnerable warrior into a very different beast altogether. Um, one of the things... He, the, the, this is a great matchup in one respect, but if he does play, because it's Wilson versus Murray. It's the short quarterback versus the short quarterback. When Wilson came into the league, everybody said, oh, he's too small. He's too small. He's going to get pounded by these big off uh, these big D-line uh, players. Um, he's going to get hit too much if he tries to run the ball. Wilson had 149 consecutive career starts before he missed one this season. You know, Murray... Hasn't, you know, again, like, oh, he's even smaller. He's going to get pounded. Oh, he can't run the ball. It's like he's played hurt quite a bit. There's times he's come out of games. Um, but if he does get compromised or if he is compromised, for Christ's sake, Arizona, protect him, protect your franchise. Don't put him in a position which causes the possibility of further injury. I think Brian's hit the nail on the head with a bye next week. I would rest him and try to lean on your defense and other strong parts of your game uh, in this particular uh, occasion. I think, however, if he doesn't play, they lose the game. So that's the catch-22. Even though Seahawks didn't look great against the Packers, um, Wilson's first game back, I think they'll, they'll, they will get some connection. It's just Wilson Lockett and Metcalf is, is enough to at least make some magic happen, although... I think we alluded to the problems with the O-line, the problems with timing, the problems, therefore, that everything has to be almost like a scramble play um, causes a lot of concern. Um, overall, I just wanted to tell you a bit more about Achilles and his origin. She was a seaman. I don't know if you ever knew that. That was the weirdest thing about it. But anyway, um, Murray is Achilles. He's not invulnerable. The injury is possibly enough to make him rest. And if he rests, Seahawks win. I don't think a team with an eight and two record is going to start Kyler Murray tomorrow, especially with the bye week next week. For that reason, I'm taking the Seahawks. Uh, I think that combination of the offense with Wilson, Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and I want to say Alex Collins, maybe maybe a little jig or two in the end zone. Uh, I think to get them over the line, I do. I I I remain to that point where I think any other team last week would have had a quarterback that was playing any more than a week in the NFL this season after an injury. I think they would have given the game in, in Lambeau last weekend. There's a lot of issues in that Seahawks team, but I think they'll get it over the line against a poor Arizona team like Kyler Murray and uh, a few... I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Look, I just need to pick one team this week against, against the whole odds. I'm picking the Seahawks. The reality is, even if Colt McCoy does play for the Cardinals, they'll probably still get over the line. But I, I, can, see, I can see the Seahawks winning this game. Uh, Can we readjust our pick a half eight tomorrow evening? No. Okay. But that's it. Well, then we're asterisking it because, like, we're all going to go to Seattle if if Murray's not playing. That's the I'm going with I, I'm going with Seattle regardless. Uh, Chris Carson has gone for the season running back. We didn't touch on that. That's a big loss for the Seahawks. Yeah, big loss. Yeah, big loss. 
Alex Collins loves the crack. Should we see him in Dublin? Just see him love the crack. He just can't run. He can't run the way he used to. He can do a wee jig, and that's all that matters. Okay, time to look ahead to the betting angle presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. Folks, you can get a £15 or €15 welcome offer. Money back as cash if your first bet loses. The bonus code is IRISHNFLSHOW. That's for new customers only. Uh, And all the T's and C's are under. Terms and conditions apply. Please be, you know, please gamble aware. Only bet what you can afford. If you've done well over the last couple of weeks in the NFL, fair play to you. uh, Because it's been a pretty brutal couple of weeks, Brian. Uh, Any... uh, any success in the old accumulators the last couple of weeks? If anybody is following the air picks over the past few weeks and placing their hard-earned cash, um, they've either left the show at this stage and found another podcast to support, <laughs> or we admired our faith and uh, loyalty to the show because we've had a few difficult weeks, which coincided with me and Michael in particular, only having four, four selections correct last weekend. But I'm very confident about this weekend's one. I really am. Um, the Dolphins beat the Jets. The Niners to beat the Jags, the Browns to beat the Lions, and the Ravens to beat the Bears. So I'd imagine one of those will let us down come month, come tomorrow night. But I'm confident that this weekend we will return to the winning enclosure, as they would say at Ascot today, because I had a few winners at Ascot today. So I thought I'd throw that in. Uh, Dolphins, Niners, Browns, Ravens, all to win. Accumulator. Um, see you Monday morning, Townsend Street, 7 a.m., celebrating our win. Why are we on Townsend Street? It's not where the early house is, no, Mark? Uh, <laughs> um, I will say, you mentioned accumulators, Brian, and actually we talk about accumulation of things. You mentioned about Carson being injured. Just reminded me, we didn't call out. Bud Dupree for the Titans has gone into IR from the injury he suffered in the Saints game. And we talk about the Titans a lot because they're 8-2, the leading kind of record, but now they've lost Henry on IR. You know, Dupree's gone on IR. Could they come back for the playoffs? Yeah, maybe. But, like, what point does all these injuries start accumulating and being too much to overcome? I'll tell you when, Mark. I'll tell you when. Again, but it's it's disconcerting. I'll tell you when, Mark, won't I? Next Sunday in Foxborough. Okay. Hey. <laughs> okay, let's let's stay on the matchbook stuff two seconds. Uh, folks, just a team that we think is maybe not a banker but our our, our favorite for the week i'm gonna take cleveland against detroit and be very safe column who have you got this week as a like a banker or a team that you think have a very good chance of winning um i've kind of i suppose you look at you look at it and there there are a couple of of options that um you you could really um say uh, but if if you're gonna go the, the if I'm not taking odds into it, the banker of all bankers, because I, you know my thoughts on the the Texans, the Titans are the the banker of the week. Have you got Brad? A few weeks back, you asked me the similar question in the matchbook segment of the show, and I said I on Monday placed a few quid on the Dolphins, on the Tuesday I placed a few quid on the Dolphins, and the Wednesday and the Thursday and the Friday, and that was to cover the line against the Texans at home, which they did, I believe, it was six and a half at the time. And I've done something very similar this week. I've rolled day in, day out on the Dolphins to cover three points against the Jets, which I think is quite low in my opinion. Bearing in mind how poor the Jets have been. In particular last week so dolphins to cover three points away against the jets what's your thoughts yeah if you want to bank a michael for me it would be the 49ers 
up against the Jags. But if you want a banker with, well, something I feel passionately about, but we have a lot better odds for you, um, tempted on the Colts against the Bills. So, oh, 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 okay, okay. I'll, I'll ask you this first off, and I'll ask Brian a different question, and, and then we'll leave it. Over under 56.0 in that Chiefs-Cowboys game, Mark? What do you think? Over. Under. Under? Colin, do, do you want to provide a, a thought on this? No. More than 56 points? <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to take the under. I, I think it'll be a, a major defense game. And uh, I think the Colts, or the Colts, I think the Chiefs and the Cowboys will... It'll be a quiet enough game, boys. I'm joking. It could be the over. Who knows? Uh, over is currently around 1.93 under 2 to 1. Finally, the line on the Cowboys-Chiefs game is 2.5. John. Cowboys two and taking 2.5 points. That's the Chiefs are favourites because they're at home. It's the, the norm. But for me, in going, bearing in mind where we are this season and bearing in mind how the both teams have played, the Cowboys should be favourites going to this game. You will get all of our Thanksgiving picks on our Thanksgiving show on Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Ireland, UK. Those picks will be made available to all Matchbook customers as well. Afterwards, you can check out all the Matchbook uh, picks as well going out on Sunday on our social channels. Thanks again to Matchbook for their continued support of the Irish NFL show. Matchbook.com or also download the app. £15, €15. Welcome offer. All the T's and C's are there. Please only bet what you can afford. I don't know because I have to add this later on. Okay, right. <laughs> Finally, and don't worry, don't worry, Brian. We're not going to talk about Tom Brady playing the Giants until Monday night. All right. I can give you me pick now if you want. No, no, don't. Right. I don't know what that noise was, but finally, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are five, <laughs> three, and one, going up against the LA Chargers, five and four, SoFi Stadium, NBC, back in SoFi for the second time in three weeks. Uh, Colin, did you meet your, did, did you meet Drew Brees today? I I didn't get to meet Drew. He was up in the there were quite a collection uh, uh, in South Bend today. Uh, Drew was there, I believe. Ryan Harris was there. Quite a, a quite a few Super Bowl winners. But then, given Notre Dame's uh, notable alumni, it shouldn't be that much of a surprise when they have quite the collection there. Um, Mike Tirico isn't the height of two turf, Colin. I've seen him before. He's literally not the height of two turf. He must be like one and a half foot. No, no, one foot. Uh, well, you know, hopefully he 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 will come on the show. Perhaps at some point, who knows? Um, <laughs> talking Steelers Chargers. I think the it's a. I think Big Ben is going to play, which at least makes it a game right because you need two teams to make it a game and when you've mason rudolph playing qb you're not a real team um and i mean michael you're, you're saying about any any other team and, and and the packers if the if the steelers had had anyone else anyone else playing at qb last week they'd have beaten the lions he he like they they may as well move him on there's no point in having a, having a backup who you you know it will be an albatross around your neck. And the, this game comes down to, look, the, the Steelers' defense and, and can they do enough um, to to beat the, the Chargers. The Steelers are ranked as the 31st best offense in the league this year, which is 
horrific. Um, but it's a testament, I suppose, to, to Mike Tomlin that they are 5-3 and, and 1. The Chargers are, are such a, a strange team because they have a great young QB, but the wide receiving and tight end core have haven't been fantastic. They've been super conservative in their play calling, which um, you know has has disappointed. And I, I think that they need to allow Herbert to take shots. We've talked about it repeatedly. He throws the the prettiest deep ball in the NFL, but they're not allowing him to do that. He's averaging, I think, around about seven um, yards per per throw, um, which you know is is on the the lower the low the mid to lower side side of things and that would be a, a big concern i think that they should have enough to to beat a, a steelers team who um are only where they are because of, of coaching i i feel if if the chargers don't win and they they go to to 500 um it could be a, another last year for them but i do think that they will have enough on the basis that they are at home. But um, with, with Big Ben there, it should at least be competitive. A Steelers defense that has only conceded 20 or less points in four of the last five games. They've turned the season around predominantly on defense. I mean, I don't think we're at the stage where we're asking Big Ben to go win games. But at the same time, as you touched on, Colin, having watched last week's game, it's evident how... There is no backup plan there, and without Big Ben, they're not gonna they're gonna struggle to win games. I mean, that game last week is probably won. In in a roundabout way, as I touched on a Monday show, you know, we and, and Mark kind of you know followed up on you know to um to have a game where you know you draw you sorry you 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 know you finish all square, you know, in the end you can find your way into the playoffs as as the Panthers did with that with that tie a number of years ago. But this game, Najee Harris struggled last week in, in damp, adverse conditions. I don't think he's going to struggle in this game. They're going up against a, a Chargers defense that is the weakest in the league against the run. And I think Najee Harris is primed for a big game, having done it. You know, he struggled last week to 50, 60 yards against the Lions defense, which has given up numerous yards. So for me, I'm going against the trend here. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think the Steelers find a way to win. Uh, I think Herbert will struggle. I think they'll remove Mike Williams again and what we've seen over the past month with Mike Williams not getting explosive plays down the field. They're confined to to the likes of Keelan Allen, 10, 15 yards. The running game is in and out. You know, Eckner's good one week, not good the next. I think the Steelers find a way to keep the momentum going and cause a shock on Sunday night football and they'll just about have just about put it off. Uh so uh, Bryce Young threw for five hundred and sixty one yards for uh Alabama today. Um, most ever in Alabama football history, second most in SEC history. And if I'm a Steelers fan, indeed, if I'm um, even a Jets fan, if I'm very fan, various fans, I'm kind of looking at that going, that's a pretty impressive performance against the nice Arkansas defense. He's not the sexiest pick, obviously, because he's only a sophomore. He might not even declare for the draft. But the Steelers have to be looking to the future because Big Ben looked immobile last year. He's been out injured again for a few games this year, which has been... The expectation over the last couple of years for the Steelers, to be fair. And the draft is going to be fascinating for them. In terms of this particular game, you know, the, the Steelers are actually dealing with quite a lot. Dotson's out, so you've got a starting guard out, and you flip it to the other side. Minka Fitzpatrick's out. Um, JJ Watt, uh, sorry, TJ Watt is out. JJ, TJ, what's the difference? And Joe Hayden's out. So both their starting corners are out. 
and their most impressive pass rusher in that regard. Will that give Justin Herbert a bit more flexibility? Yes, it will. And does it give Keenan Allen a bit more flexibility? Absolutely. I, I, I come to the other week. The biggest weakness for this Chargers team has been a lack of speed. I, when I watched it closely in the Pats Chargers game, that was apparent. Safeties were playing closer to the line. Um, that was what was hurting them. So when you've got two key parts of the secondary out, hopefully for the Chargers side of the house, that allows them a bit more flexibility to potentially exploit. Um, and, you know, I don't think the Chargers are a bad team. Yes, of course, their run defense worries. I think any team is going to fancy running the pool against them. And that Jay Harris is quite, you know, is quite an impressive running back. But that Steelers offensive line hasn't been consistent in creating holes. Um, whenever you've got a guard out and you've got a degree of inconsistency, the offensive line, that isn't great. So I'm going to take all those injuries. I have some faith still in the Chargers who came through in a couple of big games for themselves earlier this season. I like their chances to get things back on track. So uh, I'm going to Chargers this game and not the team who, you know, a tie is like kissing your sister. It's not pretty, not pretty at all. So I'm not going with the Steelers. I'm going with the Chargers. Just when you think you hear it all, there you go, Mark. Uh, Tyron Johnson going to the Chargers retirement home. Uh, I think it's a good point for Moan as well, like in terms of you know why are the Chargers strong favorites for this game? I, 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 they're uh, I they're favorites. I put that down to they didn't know what a Big Ben was going to play. To be honest, mm. um, look, Big Ben playing. I still don't see consistency in this team to get twenty to thirty points, even more than thirty points in this game. And I can see if the Chargers. You're talking about flexibility, Mark. The, the charges need to be more dynamic in the ball. Justin Herbert needs to be. But the thing that I know, the thing that pisses me off on Mac Jones is they need to let him just be free. I know, I know why they're doing it. It makes sense why they're doing it. Let him be free. Let him throw the ball 50 yards down the pitch. A bit like, a bit like Justin Fields does. It's, it's, it's cool. It's sexy. We all enjoy watching it for the crack. Maybe Mac Jones might mess up if he starts doing it. But let Justin Herbert actually become more dynamic, more flexible. He looks as if he's being held back by this team. And it cost them last week against Minnesota. It did. Like, they weren't getting enough uh, yards down the field. And they and they lost by, what, seven points last week. You need to see more of that coming out. However, I, I just can't see with the amount of injuries for the Steelers how the Chargers don't win this game. I'm taking Austin Eckler to have a good game on the run. But also Keenan Allen uh, and Jared Cook. And that's it. And I'm taking yeah. the Chargers, six and four. If you read the stuff during the week, a lot of the Chargers beat writers and fans are very, you know, to, to your point, Michael, they're all very frustrated that they feel that the Herbert has not been allowed to, He's not. to be, you know, and not to play the expansive offense. And you, you referred to Mac Jones, but in fairness, like, I'll give you an example for Torres tonight, and Mark will either agree or disagree. He had a 25 yard, 22 yard throw to Hunter Henry, which was a great throw, it was a great catch. The following play, if I'm right, he threw an immediate interception. And I, I wouldn't put that down that he got carried away with the great show once you do. But here's an ex exact example as to why you, you don't bomb it down the field toward the yard. You, you, you do the 25 yard, you catch the defense off, and then you go back to what you're used to, which is a really consistent run game. Carl will tell us tomorrow as well when he sees, when he sees Justin Fields, Mark. So, I mean, I, I thought I thought uh, Colin was going to lose it when you were comparing Fields to Mac Jones. Like, so I was like, I, who do you no, want? No, I, do you want I, I the Bears record? Do you want the Patriots record? I mean, it's about the record. It's about winning the game. I, the, the one that always sticks in my mind, Michael, is, and I don't want to make this about Mac Jones, but like he places the ball really well and accurately, okay? And yes, does he bomb it down the field? And is it sexy to bomb it down the field? 
I'm trying to remember who it was with us. I think it was Jim Nagy, one of our guests, who kind of made the point, and we've all commented on this in the past. It's all one and good bombing it down the field, but you only make four or five of those throws in any given game. Like Drew Bledsoe has a far better arm in arm strength and long ball than Tom Brady had. But Belichick went with Tom Brady at the time. Why? Because he gave you a better chance of winning the game. Could Bledsoe throw the long, pretty, sexy ball far better? Yeah. But it's not about that. It's not about being able to throw the ball necessarily 60 yards down the field and all doesn't look amazing. It's about quarterbacking a win in the game. And the reason I like Justin Herbert so much, I think he's got both. I think he's got the prettiest deep ball, but I actually think he's a good quarterback. He's cerebral. He can make the right throws. He can make accurate throws all around the field. The reality is for the Pittsburgh Steelers now, unfortunately, they don't have a quarterback, any of them, that can do that consistently. And, Joe, you know, Ben Roethlisberger even in the short passing game, is not as accurate as he used to be. So that's the fundamental gap. But, you know, I, I we all like to see the deep ball, but it's not really that relevant in the greatest scheme of things. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think that's us. Yeah, is, is that us? Is that Co- us? Couple, no, a couple of things. The threat of the deep ball is what's important. Um, and that's what keeps de- defences uh, honest. And also... Um, so you can sound a klaxon. I'm changing my pick. I'm going to go with the Colts over the Bills. Yes. Um, but, Colin, I'm going to just say one thing. Um, threat of the deep ball is important. And that's why, again, in the offseason, when Bill Belichick did his big splurge, Nelson Aguilar was such an important pickup because you have to have the threat of the deep ball with pure speed. And that's what the Chargers have missed the last while. Colin, what happened in the last era for you to change your pick to the Colts? I was uh, th- thinking about it. Um, it was one where I was kind of a little bit on, on the fence anyway. I just think the Colts probably need a little bit more than than the Bills um, because I think if the Colts lose it, then they are completely done. Whereas if the Bills lose, they're still 6-4. and four. It's, it's going to be tighter and competitive but i think that the Colts need it and i think with the bills with the uncertainty around um some of the covid stuff uh i think that that will be an an issue particularly for their offense which i feel has stuttered a little bit i look i have concerns i i can absolutely see how the bills win it but i'm going to go with the Colts. i don't disagree because... it's one of those ones that's very difficult to, to call um but that's what it is it makes for a great weekend um I really hope Colin has a great day tomorrow in Soldier Field. Um, the Messiah. Can you We're get the touch your hand or something? Touch the holes I tell you who else would be even more jealous. Those great Irish Chicago Bears fans. But hopefully they will tune in tomorrow, see Colin in Soldier Field, and hopefully we will get to talk to Colin live in Soldier Field tomorrow afternoon. Shout out to all the Bears fans in Ireland. Uh, hope you enjoy the content tomorrow. We should be live as long as Colin is Wi-Fi. Uh, Monday night, the... Unstoppable Force meets the Immovable Object. Daniel Jones meeting Tom Brady Monday night. I don't know what time we're on at, but we'll be on for the crack recapping all the weekend. Week Gi- 11. Giants, Giants could have and could have won that last year. 25-23 last year. Oh, right, okay. 31, 32-31 the year before to the Giants. That's how close we've played them over the past few years. And Giants have won two of the last three. We'll see that Monday night. Uh, excited to watch that game. If the Washington defense can do that to Tom Brady, that Giants defense can do that to him. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. The beauty of the NFL. We're having a whole bit.
I don't know whether I'm showing up on Sunday or Monday. Sorry, judging by Marsh reaction. Might God well, bless. It'll be fine because every, everybody in the Republic gets to work from home, unlike me. So enjoy your NFL Sunday, folks. I'll try my best. We'll see you on Monday night and also on Wednesday night as well for a Thanksgiving special. And have a lovely night. It's long as fun. Well.